Welcome to Disney Minus, the podcast where we watch basically all of the stuff on Disney Plus so that you don't have to. I'm Steven, and I had a famous song about me uh, rewritten to be about rats. I'm definitely Nero, and not someone else. And I'm definitely not using my powers to take someone else's identity. (laughs) How about you, definitely Cat? Yeah. And not someone who broke into her apartment? No, I'm definitely not shape-shifting into another person. That's not my powers. Also, who are you? Definitely Cat. Yeah, you already said she's definitely Cat. Oh, I'm definitely Cat. I'm not Echo. Mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm, what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, just like how I'm definitely Nero and not someone else. Right? Yes. Right. right. Absolutable. I miss Ugly Americans. Y'all ever watch Ugly Americans unrelated to anything that we're doing here? No. Oh, it was a good show. Was it? I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Honestly, my brain immediately went to the Bionicles All-American Rejects commercial. Now, there's the also that. One. Um... Now, there's also that. Uh, but Ugly Americans was basically like, what if uh, Hellmouth opened up in New York, but instead of like immediately overrunning the world, they just started to immigrate? <laughs> so the main character like works for INS and is specifically dealing with naturalizing like citizens coming in from hell. But at the same time, his bosses like sent like, quote unquote, secretly, even though they talk about it openly, are wanting to have enough citizens from hell um immigrate so that they can eventually do a war or some jazz, but it only lasted like two seasons, so that never happened. <laughs> oh, so Ooh. it's like a um, a Ellis Island for hell. Yeah, basically, Hellas Island. Um, there's an entire race of bird people in it who were um, originally found and cultivated by this guy from New Jersey who was a huge asshole, so their entire language is this different vocal inflections on the phrase suck my balls. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. There's a whole episode where Mark, the main character... Yeah, shut up. We're doing a tangent now. Deal with it. There's a whole episode where uh, Mark, the main character, finds a baby one and ends up realizing, oh wait, these guys can actually imprint to learn like anything, not just the suck my balls language. And like ended up basically like teaching it to speak through like opera. <laughs> but because of that, <laughs> when he went to try to reintroduce it to the rest of the Birdmen... They couldn't understand him and, like, just kicked his ass. <laughs> okay, that sounds funny. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Uh, his roommate was a zombie who, like, got himself zombified just literally to impress some chick that he met in a bar that was like, no, I only date zombies. But then, like, after he did that, she was like, no, I'm into vampires now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, just full of crap like that. Um. Anyway, I just remembered his boss is, like, in, I think technically an incubus, but is a huge wuss and also has like barbell nipple piercings that we see in almost every episode because fuck it. <laughs> oh anyway, so I'm gonna, so I gotta try. I gotta try to find it somewhere. It was on Comedy Central, but like I have not seen it anywhere since I was in college. Just to give you an idea of how long ago that was. No, if you find it, message me the link. Absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> fuck. We're supposed to be talking about Encanto tonight. Um, mm-hmm. I've got... Yeah, I, how did, 
how did we again go off on a tangent of not wholesome Disney? <laughs> I said the word absolutable, which was brought up in like one episode where this dude was like running for mayor of New York or something. And like his, his he made his catchphrase absolutable. And that he- like unlocked the entire like backlog of ugly Americans related memories. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. Anyway. Um, so, Encanto. Yes, definitely, Cat. You said you had some trivia. Yes, I do. Um, do you want to talk about that now? Ow, I'm putting my hand. Or, okay. like, wait until we've gotten into the movie. I'd say we need to wait until we've gotten into the movie, because some of this stuff, is it's definitely related to what's going on in the movie, and the backlog for it, like, um, Maribel's name... Um, symbols of power, you know, th- different things like that. And of course, I have to have something about Bruno in there because we of don't course. talk about Bruno. Okay. Okay, then, yeah, just bring it up like as we go. So, okay. we start with, I guess, technically a flashback of little baby, five year old Mirabelle being told about the candle and the miracle by Alma, who, who does not age in the intervening 10 years. At least visibly, but I guess she's kind of at that point. Plus, they just didn't want to make a separate model for it. Um, but basically, she gives her the rundown of, like, uh, some bad stuff happened, and I lost your abuelo, Pedro, but we got, uh, but instead we, we got a miracle that gave us the whole Encanto, and all of our family gets gifts that we use to help the people. And today, it's your turn. And I know you're going to make us all proud. I mean, it skips ahead 10 years. <laughs> um, we find out, We, I mean, I'm pretty sure this was all over the place in the advertising, so it's not even really a spoiler to say early that Mirabelle does not have a superpower like the entire rest of her family. And there's your source of conflict. Yep, that is correct. Um, Mirabelle does not have a, a source of power. However... Um, she does have a symbol, like everybody else has uh, symbols and clues to their powers on their doors and on their clothes. Mirabelle has butterflies. Oh, and okay, yeah. Actually, yeah. her skirt has the symbols for everybody else's powers on it as well. But yeah. Mirabelle's symbol is butterflies, and that's why you see them everywhere in the movie. Yes, yeah. I love that detail, though, about her skirt. Like, um, Luisa, who has super strength, has a lot of, like, barbells and stuff worked into her clothing, so... Mm-hmm. Mirabelle's got like a barbell in there for Louisa. Um, I forgot everybody's name immediately as soon as I tried to do that. Um, Isabella, who uh, grows flowers, like has a lot of like wears a lot of floral dresses and there's flowers and but stuff like that for everybody. It's neat. And also yeah. just her name, Mirabelle. And did you know that um, their father? Yes. Actually, uh, wears symbols of their ch- of yeah his children on his clothes. Yeah, um, I know. Um, the flower is easy to find, but the other two are harder. I forgot her dad's name. I did too, but he wears um, the flower for Isabel. He wears the um, one of his socks has weights on it for Louisa, and then the other sock. Uh, it resembles Maribel's um, dress. Augustine, that's his name. <laughs> Took me a minute. Yeah. I had to sit here and process. 
But yeah, Augustine is really good. We'll get into it more as we go. But he's like a top tier Disney dad. But also, yeah, I like how I don't know if they did that with Felix necessarily. At least I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, them working like uh, symbolism for his kids into his clothes was pretty cool, especially since he and Felix married into the family. So they don't actually have they like Mirabelle don't have their own superpowers. It's just that with Mirabelle, it's weird because she was born into it and should have one. I know what you're looking at. What is it, puppy? He's looking at the door all Did confused. you know that Mirabelle's name wasn't originally going to be Mirabelle? I assume. Like, everybody's name changes at some point during uh, during development, usually. Ow, ow, arm. Yeah, originally, her name was Beatrice. But it was oh, nice. changed due to uh, someone who worked <laughs> on the project, but also um, changed to because of the Spanish word Mira, which means to look. Ah, okay. I was kind of wondering if they were doing anything with that, anything like that with her name, but I wasn't quite sure. You know. Yep. Anyway, um, we see her like we like already. What the hell? We see bits yeah, of her morning routine of the main uh, part of the story is she's 15, by the way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It would start it off um, when she was five, which we kind of find that out retroactively by the fact that um, Anto- Antonio Antonio is mm-hmm. uh is five and today is the day of his ceremony so you piece that together but yeah she's 15 um now Artie, what are you doing anyway so she's we see her starting her day she's like you know putting out the plates i assume probably for breakfast or something since it's still the morning i'll fucking know or she's just already getting um, that area set up for later because i mean it might uh anyway some local punks come in to demand that she tell them about all of her family's superpowers, especially also wanting to know theirs. Punks, they are small children. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. They're small children. They're whatever. adorable. They're Except pretty the one good. Really hopped up on caffeine. That one's mm-hmm. funny. You want to know what his name is? What is his name? His name is Pumped. Pumped Juancho. Oh, how funny. That, yeah, it's really good. Um... Which actually reminds me, um, in the, in different language versions of the song coming up, actually, you know, the Family Magical, in the English one where she has a line saying, and that's why coffee is for grown-ups, obviously in Colombia and a lot of other cultures, like kids drink coffee too, so it's more, the line, it's not a huge difference on that line, but it's written more as like, alright, that's enough for you. <laughs> yeah. Bonk. I love What's the happening? fact that later searched? in the movie he like takes advantage of it and is just like hyper like fast just hammering. I love it. That's really good. Um but yeah, so they're they're bugging her like, "Hey, when's the ceremony? Oh, it's going to be tonight. What's Antonio's gift? We don't know yet. Well, what's your gift? I can't just fucking talk about myself, you little nerds. I got a whole family and a musical's number to do." And then she does <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all set in a backdrop of like the family going about their various businesses throughout the day. You see that all of them are using their gifts in various ways to help out around the town. Um, I don't really know how. Come to think of it, I don't really know how um, Dolores would use her gift to help out, since her thing is like that she's got super duper hearing. So I don't well, really know how that works into chores. She could use her hearing to find something that's lost, like it when that's the donkeys a good get out or something. Who knows? That's Ooh. a good point. And I guess pretty much anyone in town can just be like, oh, man, here's the thing I need done. And she can be like, all right, got that. 
But um, it could be that she's doing it to let other people know, hey, they need help over there. That is true. She could probably be doing that. At least that's what I would be doing is uh, coordinating schedules. Um, so, yeah, Dolores uh, can hear really good. I keep forgetting which one of the two is older. Like they're both they're both 21 uh, for Dolores and Isabella. One of them is older by like a few months. Um, I want to say Isabella, but I don't remember for sure. Um, Isabella, we see her growing flowers and, you know, handing them out so that people have flower arrangements and crap like that. Um, which, if the family weren't, I'd say family, if Alma weren't so obsessed with just having her do flowers and pretty, she could be this, uh, this town's entire agriculture. Like, she could fucking be growing all of the food for these people, but no, flowers. <laughs> fucking whatever. Anyway, um, Alma, I mean, since I already said... I for the best, because... Each person, well, each family member has a unique ability, so it's unknown if abilities will repeat. That is so, true. Probably a good idea to not over rely on someone's special ability for a major infrastructure. That is a good point. <laughs> but yeah, they also rely on one of the um, Mary Bell's moms. How yeah. to heal people with her food. Yeah, so, she's basically got herself like a little like sandwich clinic or arepa clinic uh, set up where like anyone with any kind of ailment just comes in, gets some or gets a little snack because that's her thing is uh, her food heals people. Which interesting note um, because I had been wondering about this and so Julie when the first couple times that we watched it, we <laughs> watched this movie like a million times because of our kids. Uh, Julie actually looked it up, and apparently, I forget who, one of the creators of the show said that the reason Maribel still needs glasses, and same with um, Augustine, the reason they still need glasses, and her, um, Julieta, and Julieta's food hasn't healed their eyes, is that she doesn't see that as an injury or a flaw, which means the healing is tied at least somewhat to her perception of the person, so like, Guy walks up with a broken arm. She's like, oh, crap, that needs to be healed. Person walks up with bad eyes. She's just like, that's just how you are, which is cool. I like that. It's a good explanation. And also it shows that, like, she cares about who people are as themselves and isn't just wanting to make everybody, like, fixed or whatever for any minor thing. Well, it could also be because that's a uh, genetic natural thing. It's not an that's injury. That was my Some people just have bad eyes. She inherited that from her dad. Did you know that Maribel's green glasses represent Bruno? Yes, I did know that because green is very much his color. But also, yeah, that had been my assumption is that the healing like just didn't work on like the way your eyes are just made. But like if somebody had an eye injury, then it would heal that. But I do like the explanation that I was about to say showrunners that the creators gave to. That is pretty neat. Um I just followed a theory. Uh-oh. Ah. What if Maribel's powers is Bruno's power? But since Bruno is still alive, it hasn't passed on to Maribel. Mm. So for anyone who's read far mm. enough in the red comic Scoob and Shag, I have I'm thinking of that situation. There's a lot of theories on what Maribel's powers actually are. Um, yeah. What it seems to represent at the end of the movie is that her she basically is taking Abuela's um, role at the end, 
after she passes on to keep the family together. And um, she loves her family so much that she is wants them to be happy and be the best that they can be, but be themselves. And um, it had really, there's so much drama between her and her abuela, her grandmother, that it, um, that's why they butt heads and end up fighting. Yeah. And that's, um, I think pretty much uh, at least the um, understanding that I go with is that Mirabelle and Alma, they, Alma is the, is the, the, uh, the grandma, abuela. Um, neither of them has their own superpower gift. Their gift is the miracle. And so in a sense, kind of what we're seeing throughout the movie is the miracle, like transferring from being based on or being tied to Alma and then being tied to Mirabelle when the house gets rebuilt. At least that's kind of how I interpreted it. I don't know how common of an interpretation that is, because I haven't looked, but that's the I mean, way that I think it. I it makes the most dramatic sense. So. Yeah. What me and Julie wonder about is, because obviously they're only going to keep ha- like keep having more babies in this family as time goes on, so what me and Julie have been wondering about is if everybody's kids are going to have powers, or if maybe it's going to like shift so that like anyone descended directly from Mirabelle is going to be the ones having powers from now on. But like we don't jump far, we don't jump into the future to see how that works out. So I don't know. That's a can of Bonk. worms. Probably they're just going to keep Bonk. on doing what they've been doing, Bonk. and pretty much everybody is. But you have to consider the candle had a had a butterfly on it. Mirabelle was obsessed with protecting it, just like Abuela was. And um, when the uh, candle was created, you see butterflies when you. Um, in the pa- in the magic, and then um, at the end when um, they're at the river, you see butterflies there so many, yeah. too, um, which is where the candle was originally created was at that river. So yes, um, it in at the end of the movie there is no candle. Yeah, exactly. But, the, the, but everyone still has their powers, and um, the house is still um, magical and. Um, you know, of course, you know, finally the door lights up and everything. Yeah. So the, it's it's I think it's more of a, you know, when she passes away, you will be the head of the family versus them because you're the one that's holding us together. Basically, yeah, the um, the candle, quote unquote, now I would say is like the front door kind of since that mm-hmm. like got an illustration for Mirabelle uh, surrounded by, by the family. Like, I've never been able to quite make out all of the different illustrations that are on the candle, just because we never get good looks at it, and it's so small. But I did catch that there are butterflies on it, yeah. Well, um, considering that candle... Oh, go ahead. I'm so sorry. I just said that I've kind of been obsessed with the candle. That's also fair. But what were you going to say, Veer? Considering that the candle seems to never burn out until after the home is destroyed... Yeah. If... Mirabelle, what if Mirabelle is just for new candle? That's one thing that I've seen. That ooh, that'd be cool. That is one thing I've seen people suggest is that like Mirabelle herself is the new candle. I figure you can go either with that or it being her door, just whichever way you want to take it. But it would be funny if she's the new candle and she'll only ever die if like she creates family drama later on when it passes on to the next kid. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the house doesn't get destroyed every time, though. I mean, that would also be funny, though. Um, we've still got people to introduce. Um, we we have Augustine, her dad, who married in, and 
<laughs> the man just has the worst luck with bees. I 100% headcanon that the way he and Julieta met and fell in love was that he, like, kept coming to her, like, day after day after day, getting hurt. And after a while, she was just like, man, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. What are you talking about? And then they, you know, hit it off. <laughs> At least that's how I see their meet cute going. Um, but there's also, there's an uncle that we just straight up don't talk about. His name is Bruno. We'll find out more about him later. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> and then there's an entire other side to the family because Julieta actually had um, a brother, which was Bruno, and a sister named Peppa who controls the, I say controls. She doesn't control the weather. The weather is tied to her emotions. And unfortunately, she doesn't have super good control of her emotions. <laughs> um, but she married Felix, who is the shortest man in the world. And we love him dearly. He's a very good dude. Um, they have two kids. No, three kids. Sorry, I forgot Antonio for a second. Antonio's five. His, um, ceremony, his door ceremony is tonight. Artie, what are you doing? I love their other son, the older son. Kabilo, yeah, he's he makes really good. Fun of his dad so much. He's the one who can transform, and he transforms into his dad, but he's like a midget version of his dad. <laughs> he uh, makes yeah, even shorter. Camilo's really good. Camilo can uh, can shape shift. Um, I Julie and I joked about this, but I did actually see something on Twitter a little while back, uh, a screenshot of one of the creators saying that they actually toyed with the idea of, like, the version of Camila that we see throughout the movie being a chosen appearance, and, like, when everything uh, shuts off toward the end, like, just having some random dude that we had never seen before wandering around, because that's what he actually looks like. But they ultimately (laughs) decided not to include that. Oh, that's funny. I'm getting shushed again. (laughs) Anyway. uh, But then there's also his sister, Dolores, who has just fucking ridiculous hearing. We're... Never straight up told, but the implication, at least during that opening uh, musical number, is that from outside the town, she can still hear everything going on inside the town. <laughs> and that's just, goddamn. <laughs> Some of these powers and are more cursed than anything else. Yeah, because this is not just a um, a blessing for her. It's yeah. Because she can hear the tiniest of whisper and any loud sounds. Loud sounds actually hurt her. So that's why um, when she claps, she claps with just her fingers tapping together. And um, you'll see her put her hands over her ears. Yes, um, I love that detail. Because it's so loud, it hurts her ears. Yeah, I love that detail. If you keep an eye on um, Dolores throughout the movie, anytime there's anything loud going on, fireworks, people cheering, anything like that, she is always covering her ears. And what I really like at the end of the movie, Artie, are you going to be in or out? Come on. There we go. At the end of the movie, when they're all looking for Mirabelle, everyone... God damn it, Artie, just pick one. Everyone else is, like, you know, calling for her, shouting Mirabelle, Mirabelle. She is so used to using her hearing that even with it turned off, she's still sitting there listening, which is a really good detail. But, um, I think that's everybody. Oh, Louisa, she's really strong. Uh, didn't... Yeah. We don't see her much during the opening sequence, or during the opening musical number, but she'll show up. She's pretty good, too. Oh my gosh, did you guys see the um Artie. the Dragon Ball Z uh comic strip someone did over um her her pressure song? Ooh, where I don't it's think... Vegeta <gasps> Wait, yes, I have. Okay. Um to it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. It's been a while, but I've seen that one. That's pretty good. 
Um, uh, yeah. Like, I ruined that song forever for one of my friends because now all they hear <laughs> and see is Vegeta doing it, which is just hilarious. Let me see if I can find that again real quick. This is really good. Uh, let me see. I sent it to them, I think. So let me see if I can find it again. But I, I've, is it just me or can you relate to that song? All that pressure? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, hang on one mm-hmm. sec. I gotta tell Grayson to be quiet. The show's frame, frame, the show's frame story depicts Ted, voiced by Bob Saget, uncredited, probably retelling the story to his son Luke and daughter Penny as they sit on the couch <laughs> in the year 2030. This Future set frame is officially the show's present day. Dear, how I met your mother <laughs> exploits <laughs> this frame. To place. Oh my god! Numerous ways to depict and redepict events from multiple points of views. Dear, no jokes using <laughs> sometimes stop. multiple flashbacks nested within for all retelling to substitute this... visual, verbal, and and oral. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm done. Good. You should have gone with that. You should have gone with that seventy show because the guy who voices Augustine played Fez. Oh my god, he did. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it's Wilmer Vol that seventy show, so I wouldn't know. That's also fair. Oh, Oh, which reminds me I never I love that seventy show. I have I have the complete series. Nice. I still need to watch that nineties show, I just remembered. I haven't I haven't seen that nineties show. I saw that eighties show. But no, well, it wasn't I don't know about that 70s show. I don't know about that 80s show, but Netflix has a, launched an official sequel that's Red and Kitty for some reason with Luke, or not Luke, with um, Eric's, Eric and Donna's daughter, Leia, living with them. And I think a couple of the other original cast kids. Fez, since he became a hairdresser in town, I think he actually might show up every now and then. The others, I think, just pop up sometimes, except for Hyde, because his actor has gotten in trouble, but I don't remember for what. Okay, gonna have to look that up. And man, yeah. I, Hyde was my favorite. Yeah, I know. I think for the bad boys back then, you know? <laughs> Go, gosh. Anyway, <laughs> musical number over. Um, the kids are like, wow, that's all really cool. So what's your gift, though? And before, and Mirabelle starts fucking stumbling. Oh, actually, no, we forgot one other very important guy in the musical number. His name is Mariano. He's really good. He's definitely, definitely a himbo. He is currently engaged to Isabella. And Mirabelle well, talks. No, they're working on that in the movie. Yeah. That's right. They're dating. They're not engaged yet. Mirabelle talks I, very fast I don't during his properly section. introduced to him yet. I think we do no, see they- him in the number. <laughs> Yeah, they were just not introduced to him yet. Yeah, he pops up for like a second, and Mirabel talks super fast. Uh, I had to look it up one time because I was like, "What the hell does he even say?" He basically she says, "It's been a while since I looked it up, so I don't remember it word for word." But basically, he says, "Hey, this is Mr. Mariano. You can marry my sister if you wanted, but she's kind of a prima donna, yo." I said too much, but I really yeah. gotta go. And he's just looking there. He's just sitting there looking baffled, like, "What's happening? What's going on?" Yep. And the funny thing is, if you really pay attention to him and Isabel together, Isabella, there's a um, the reason that their grandmother is pushing those two together so hard is because 
they look very similar to <gasps> her and her husband Pedro. Oh, god damn it. I caught that young Alma looks like Isabella. I never caught for Pedro. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And and you know, that's why she's pushing it that hard, but unfortunately it's not what it may be what he wants, but it's not what Isabella wants. El- Isabella's just so worried about doing everything perfect yeah. and she's miserable. Because and, she's whereas, the oldest, she's you know, been he groomed just on wants it love no matter where it comes from. Yeah, because she's uh, the oldest of the kids, so she and she and then Dolores have been groomed on that for so long. Like you are here to help the family, help the rest of the village. What you want does not matter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which sucks for both for all of them, and is <laughs> the cause of everything that will now happen. Um, but yeah, so the kid, uh, I love like her last line in the song is um. My family is amazing, and I'm in my family, so... <laughs> and then she just trails off, um, because the kids are still asking her, like, what her own gift is. Uh, Mirabelle gets interrupted by Alma being like, what the fuck are you doing running around town singing with the children? Stop it! <laughs> yeah, there's things to do. Get in here. <laughs> <laughs> We've got chores. And then uh, the kid, and one of the kids like, she was just about to tell us her super awesome gift! Because kids have no fucking filter. And then Dolores, who one you can just obviously tell by the way they like have her do, but is super gossip coded from like stuff that I've seen online. People who are more familiar with Col- Colombian culture, watching, ha- watching and reacting to the movie, all of her mannerisms line up perfectly with like women in Colombian society who are like seen as being gossips. Those little squeaks that she does. Like for example, is apparently just a, like just a thing that some women some women will do. It is. Um, Fucking I can insane. tell you from experience with de- dealing with Colombians um, while I was living in California, it's very much go. so. There you go. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. <laughs> so, to that end, Dolores just pops in from off screen from like off frame to be like, "Oh, she doesn't have a gift," and then just leaves. And all of the kids are like so devastated for her <laughs> they're like you don't have a gift one of the kids goes if i didn't have a gift i would if i was you i and i didn't have a gift i'd be really sad and then mm-hmm. the guy comes up and it's like this girl dude no, no fucking gifts <laughs> this dude feeling about not having any gifts is not helping i gave you a discount because you have no fucking gifts you fucking nerd weirdo I hope this me- er, this ceremony goes better than the last one, which was yours when you didn't get a gift, and it was a huge bummer. Yeah, weirdo. Oh, I found those uh, Vegeta <laughs> pictures. I sent them to you on Messenger. Yay. Anyway, I'll look at that later because if I remember right, he's like ass slapping his, his little like training robots or some shit. Um, he's hitting <laughs> them with his hips. It reminds me of Chell from uh, Road to El Dorado. Ball hip, ball hip. Uh, nice, but um, but yeah, one of the one of the kids fucking murders her too. She's like, uh, when when the little girl says, "If I were you, I'd be really sad." She's like, "Well, my little friend, I am not because I'm still part of one of the most amazing families ever, which means that I am just as amazing." And this girl goes, "I think maybe your gift is being in denial." <laughs> that was just good. It's, it's like, wow, yeah, the out of the mouth of babes. Right. Oh my god. I'd like to report a murder. <laughs> um 
but yeah, so she she goes she <laughs> escapes that situation and goes inside to start helping out. Um, they're getting set up for uh for the for the birthday. Everyone's freaking out. Peppa especially is freaking out. Uh, I love it's like a blink and you miss it kind of thing when it shows um shows her during the opening and uh Mirabelle says like when when she's unhappy the temperature gets weird or whatever. It just shows her like just so mad with it like pouring down rain and just like tapping her foot like <laughs> Pep is also really good. All of the everyone in this movie is pretty good. Um Pep is freaking out. She has a cloud. Uh, she can't find Antonio. Fucking they made because the house makes a room for everybody like when it's gift time, but Mirabelle's door dissolved as soon as she touched it when she was 5. So they just had her living in the or staying in the nursery this entire time, which I didn't catch on like my first and maybe even second time watching the movie. But like, holy shit! <coughs> um, but that does mean that she and Antonio are roommates, which means she has the easiest time finding him. Um, I feel like I'm missing. It, yeah, I, okay. I know the house didn't give her a room, but you'd think they would be like. Okay, so you're not just living in the nursery right? for the rest of your life. We made you a kind of like the eighth apartment thing next to the house, at least. Right? They could have built yeah, her an add on or like kicking her out of the house. I think they're. Mm-hmm. I think they left her in the nursery just because they there weren't any extra rooms. So it's like, where do we put her? That's not like yeah. in the kitchen. Right. It does also kind of make me wonder if they built her like an add-on would Casita be able to incorporate that into itself in terms of being able to move around and stuff? Or would it just be like... I don't think Casita could um, do stuff like that. I think Casita's only able to make rooms when um, it's for something like somebody's powers. I don't think they're able to do that. The My whole thing with the nursery is because she didn't get her powers, it's kind of like a um, coming of age ceremony. And because she's been sort of stuck there, she can't basically graduate from the nursery. So she's stuck there. She's been mentally stuck in that moment for like a long time, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so everyone's like helping out, getting stuff ready. She goes up to the, uh, the nursery. There's a fucking raw ass line from uh, from Alma here um, while she's going up to the nursery it's said kind of quiet so it's it can be hard to catch and unless fucking unless you're like me and now that I know it's there I hear it loud as a bell every single time but um, when uh, when Mirabelle she made these little like candle holder things with everybody's name on them which girl you should have put those out like later on <laughs> for the way that you're planning it but you know what else uh, she or just don't light the candles. Yeah, I don't like the don't like the candle yet, girl. But uh, but basically, like she sets one outside of Alma's door, goes ahead and lights it. Alma immediately walks out because she's yeah going to do anything else, <laughs> and steps on or knocks it over. It starts to burn, and she's like, you know, maybe you should get the fuck out of the way. She says it nicer, but that's basically what she says. Um, and that's when. Uh, she decides to just go sit in her room and pretend like she's not there. But as she's walking to her room in the background, um, Julieta goes to talk to Alma because she fucking just saw this and cares about her daughter. Julieta's a good mom, BT dubs. Um, 
goes and is like, you know, you're always so hard on Mirabelle. Can you, like, just for tonight, chill? And the part that's harder to catch is Alma straight up tells her if this ceremony, if tonight's ceremony doesn't go well, it's going to be hard on all of us. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, what the fuck? I know that's what she's thinking. You know she's been, like, worrying about this the entire time ever since Mirabelle's ceremony. Part of me honestly wonders if she pressured Peppa and Felix to have another kid just to like make sure that things that things weren't going bad with the get uh, with the miracle or whatever. Mainly, I say that because of like the age the age gap between um, Camilo and Antonio. So like maybe maybe not. But like God damn. Yeah, Abuela <laughs> is very passive aggressive at Mirabelle, and she sometimes she's like super is. Yeah. Ooh. Um, it's but anyway, like you don't you don't have anything that's um, contributing to the family or anything. So, you know, you just need to sit there and behave. Do exactly mm-hmm. what I say. But she's not she's not a servant, but her grandmother is treating her like she is one. Basically, because like one, she treats everybody like they're supposed to be the servants for the town. But even within the family, Mirabelle, like, is the one that gets shafted because she doesn't have like as Alma probably sees it, that she's a failure and doesn't have a way to contribute to the rest of the town. So, like, you got to pick up the slack or just stay out of everybody's way, which is a lot. <laughs> um, but also, considering that she got into Mirabelle for like singing in the town, yeah, it's kind of like, what do you want her to do? You yeah. don't want her to help. Like, she can't. But, but, set people's houses right like Louisa or you know make a bunch of flower arrangements like Isabella or like how Camilo can use his shape-shifting to take over for people we see him take over for a mom who needs a nap he just turns into her and like keeps rocking her kid she can't do stuff like that so like what do you want (laughs) if you notice she does a lot of crafts to uh, entertain herself and try to help others uh, like she makes the little jaguar for Antonio to, um, so he has something to snuggle and to make him feel better about getting his own room. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like she'd be really good at making decorations for this celebration. <laughs> See, you could have exactly no. Could have fucking but let she's her not know. allowed to. Oh, but also we see like a ton of times throughout the movie that like she seems to have. We don't really get a good view of it with Alma, just because we don't see a ton of Alma unless she's, like, telling people to do stuff. So it's a little harder to gauge there. But Mirabelle seems to have the best relationship with the house out of everybody, which, again, will play into the fact that, like, the gift is transferring over to her, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's You see it a, t- a ton with, like, just a bunch of little things. Like, she talks directly to Casita, whereas most of the people don't at least we don't see anybody else really doing that on a regular basis. One of the best ones that I like is um, when she, like, her parents, God bless them, are both trying to be supportive. Like, don't, like, look, you have nothing to prove. I know tonight's probably going to be hard on you. Just be yourself, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> to avoid that awkward situation, she was like, look, I gotta go. The house isn't going to decorate itself. And, like, Casita, like, lowers the Aww. it's eve. Casita like lowers the eaves a little bit to like put some streamers like right in eye view like what the fuck are you talking about she's like 
you're right. I'm sorry. That's my bad. You can you could decorate yourself. You look great. <laughs> and it's like yeah, so to me that is the house going, "Oh, like the, but but I did." Yeah. And her, <laughs> her going, "I'm sorry. Yes, you can. You look awesome." I know. And, and exactly. I she, but like it really was because she feels so alone that Casita became her like best friend. Kind of, yeah. Um because to everyone else, I mean like they appreciate that Casita is alive, but like that's kind of just the way that it is. Everyone else has always had their own things going on, whereas Mirabelle probably has had a lot of time just sitting by herself without anything else, anyone else to talk to but the house. <sighs> Excuse me. Anyway, um, she goes to her room. She finds Antonio because she knows him better than like the others do. And not, which is not to say that like Peppa doesn't know her own son. She's freaking the fuck out thinking that he's hiding under her bed, which just may not occur to her at the moment. But, um, they have a really cute moment where she gives him a Jaguar that, uh, plushie that she made which is so fucking cute and we will see come back later on which is really sweet because he he likes her so much antonio loves his uh, cousin mirabelle um but yeah he's he's freaking out because he's there's whether anyone's been directly uh telling him about it or not like he even at the age of five can already like feel a lot of pressure like what if something bad happens? What if I don't get a gift like like what happened with you? Not which is uh, not to say that like I don't want to be like you, but like he can tell again, even as a kid, like kids are more perceptive than a lot of people give him credit for. Like he can already tell like how much of a strain that's put on her. Like having to deal with that, he's like, you know, what if that happens to me too? And she cheers him up as best she could, but honestly, I bet he's still freaking out. Already what? Oh my god, fine. One second. I'll see if I can open the door. <laughs> there. Anyway. Um, I think it's adorable that he reaches out for her and it's like, I need you. And she's I sitting there know. going, I, uh, like, terrified, like, I'm going to get in trouble. The look yeah. on her face is like, I'm going to get in so much trouble if I do this. But because he needs her so much and she loves him, she goes out and holds his hand. Yeah, we skip pretty much, like, right to the ceremony from her giving him her, her present, like... We see a moment with all of the family. That's what Echo was talking about earlier when <laughs> Camilo turns into an even smaller version of Felix. Um, but yeah, like when it's time to like actually go up to his door, because the door itself has been glowing for like the entire day. Because he's just like, hey, it's his birthday. Turn on the door. Probably at like midnight or some shit. But like they've over time mythologized all of this so much that they've built it into an entire ceremony where like they invite the whole fucking town into the house to like watch as the kid just goes up the stairs and touches a doorknob to get their superpower. <laughs> like, one side note, one detail that I love, two of the kids from earlier, like, you can see at one point they're looking up at it and trying to, like, scramble up the steps to, like, grab the doorknob and see if they can get any power, but then Casita turns the stairs into a slide. But, all of that, like, all of that just fucking piles onto this little five-year-old who's freaking the hell out. Mm -hmm. And reaches for like honestly the person who's probably his his best friend in this family mirabelle he reaches out to her like you said and just the, uh, the voice acting on the or that line delivery of him just going i need you fucking gets me anyway um 
But yeah, so and also while she doesn't say anything, you kind of tell that Arma does not like the fact that Maribel comes out and holds his hand. Oh, absolutely not. You can t- you can see it on her face, even though she doesn't say anything. Like she does and, not approve of this, but she doesn't want to like make a scene. And also like, to that go would... back to when you said that if she pressured her kids to have another kid. She does seem like someone who would go into yeah. to their room and probably mess with their birth control stuff if they had any. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh, yes. probably. She just oh, gives off that vibe. I apologize yeah, for that. Wrong. Deal, She'd but... probably just look at him and go, you need another kid. Also mm. that, yeah, but like even like after a while, like God, I could see her doing that too. You're not wrong. Um ugh. But luckily, like, he he gets up there. We get a really good, like, match cut going back to um, little uh, Mirabelle walking up the steps and doing her ceremony. This is when we actually, like, see that, like, as soon as she touched it, the whole thing just dissolved, which is goddamn. Um, and then it flashes back over to Antonio. Luckily, that does not happen for him. He gets his power, which... These, this first moment for, like, everybody had to have been so weird, like, uh, because with Antonio, it's almost like the animal nearby, I guess, is new, because a parrot, or not a parrot, toucan, I think, I don't know, a bird, toucan. Uh, comes, toucan, thank you, comes and, like, lands on his shoulder and just starts talking to him, like, what do you think happened with that, with everybody else? Did Camilo just, like, suddenly, like, transform into whoever he was looking at without thinking about it or something. Like, Dolores, everything must have just gotten super loud out of nowhere. That shit had to suck. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but anyway, <laughs> then we we finally... We only actually get to see inside of, like, two of the rooms. I mean, we get a glimpse inside Peppa's, but I'm, I'm counting it because we see, like, two square feet. Um... We finally get to see what it's like inside the room now that it's actually formed, and it's fucking huge, like, waterfalls and trees everywhere. Like, they can fit. It's, it's bigger on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> one of the kids just shouts that. It's, it's bigger on the inside, which I'm sure, like, IMDB says it's a Doctor Who reference, and, like, it probably is. I mean, that's mm-hmm. also, that also just feels like a natural thing to have a little kid shout, but, like, it pro- it's probably a Doctor Who reference, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's the line. Yeah, the exactly. That's missing is the second half of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the um, uh, the Jaguar just runs out of nowhere, and people don't start screaming and running. Right? They're just like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, what sure. the heck? Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's a Jaguar! You don't let jaguars near your kids, and now all of a sudden, this one's jumping on you and licking you and stuff. I I love that it's a jaguar too, like because just because it matches like the toy that Mirabelle gave him. Which I mean, the, this was a that was made that was done intentionally, but I like that they did that. Um, but yeah, like it's carrying him around. Um, I love the capybaras. <laughs> Dude, the capybaras are so fucking on point. This entire movie, I love them. <laughs> they did so much research. And I love Mirabelle's clothes. All their clothes are very accurate. Yeah. And if you notice, Mirabelle's clothes are just start off very basic. And she just has that like butterfly design on her collar. And you can tell she added everything else herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, like everything that Mirabelle has, has like her own touch to it because like she's been working on it herself. 
everybody else is using clothes that like have been made for them and haven't really done a whole lot of adjustments. But like, it's, it's all just so much. Um, well, everybody we, else's clothes were made specifically for them to represent their powers. Exactly. And since yeah. She didn't have any. She she specialized her clothes to match to just to show her whole family. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, I do like they do a really good job of um, like setting it in a time period without saying directly what year it is. Not that this is shit that I picked up on because I'm I grew up in the American school system, but <laughs> I've seen people online basically nailing it down to this is somewhere in like the 1910s to 1920s range of like when this should be set for Columbia or. Er, that, that's what I was assuming, and I'm a history major. There we go. In because college. I <laughs> right now. Because I know, like the flashbacks later will seem to be having built around like a specific event in time. So that's the main thing that people use. I kind of wish that they had gone with their original idea, which was that like something was going to happen, and Mirabelle and Alma had to leave the Encanto to like go into just regular Colombia, which would have been neat. But like, um, yeah, and God, there's like, th this is a good movie, but I do think it would probably have been better for it to be like a mini series. Honestly, so had... same. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying same. Like it would have given a lot more time for like all of the details and stuff that they put in mm -hmm. to really like settle or settle. Yeah, because the one thing that like family is an important thing, but the sad part is that Due to how big the family is, we don't get much time with many of them. Yeah, like, I feel like Dolores and uh, Camilo especially, we barely really know. And honestly, we don't really get to know Antonio super well. That's my main complaint with the movie, is that it does end up being kind of rushed just for how many people you have to deal with. So I do kind of think you're right. Like, especially, like, <laughs> that opening uh, that opening montage, uh, the family Madrigal honestly would work perfectly as like your beginning like theme song to every episode like i don't think it could have been like a full series would have been yeah. a good idea but i do think a mini series yeah like the five six episodes that are like 45 minutes long or something like that i mm. think would have been good especially because like there's so much detail packed into every, like so much of this that like there's an entire like subgroup culturally represented in by in the way that both Augustine and Felix are just are designed that like if you're familiar with Colombian culture adds so much like backstory onto their characters just from you being able to recognize all of that in their designs. And I think it would have been like it would have been really cool to actually have time to flesh out what that means to their relationship to the family. But in, like, an hour and 45 minutes, we just don't have time for that. Yeah. But to be fair, you know Disney. They're, they've made TV shows about a lot of their um, movies. So it could That's be something true. that we get later. I've and heard I've rumors about that. I don't know. And the, the ah. violence and everything that was going on in the movie um, seems to take place during the Thousands Days War. It was a was civil it. war. Um, conflict that ran between nineteen or eighteen ninety nine to nineteen oh two. Okay, so it this would like be in like the Civil 50s. War. Okay, so then yeah, this would be set in like the nineteen fifties since it's fifty years later. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was set in the 1950s. But the, it was their Colombian Civil War that was causing this. There was a lot of bloodshed and conflict at that point. Yeah. Um, which will be relevant later because we get a big old flashback that honestly is, oh boy, a lot. And, um, I want to know how she held on to three kids like that. It's like, it's that's babies the secret. Is that, what do you hold them? <laughs> the secret is that they're all one model. <laughs> they're joined at the hip. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> the house separated them as they got a little bit bigger. Um, <laughs> But but yeah, so we we have all of that. They decide to do a family photo, which I don't think this was intentional. But at the same time, nobody caught it and said anything. Um, like they, everybody who has superpowers gets into the the picture, and Mirabelle's just left out. Which again, I don't, except for the dads, the dads um, were in the picture too, and right. they don't have superpowers. True, but again, it's like socially like treated different because they're guys that married into it instead of like you were born into this you should have gotten a power but you didn't kind of thing um in this case i don't think they meant to leave mirabelle out of the picture i think like there was just so much going on that like she didn't walk up and they just didn't catch it in time or whatever at least being generous i would like to think that's what it was but instead mirabelle uh goes outside and we get her i want song which is also really good. All the songs in this are really good. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the guy who did um, the music for Encanto was the same one that did the music for the the original Little Mermaid back oh, in the crap, um, nice. early eighty or late eighties. So, okay, you know it has to be <laughs> epic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't know about that. I did know that Lin Manuel Miranda helped with the, or helped on the music with it. And um, I oh, forgot both of their names. Hang on a sec. I got to look this up because. Hang on one sec. OK, there we go. They got like two actual like popular Colombian singers to do songs in the movie. The song that plays during the party and we'll play a couple more times. Uh, Colombia me encanto. Wait, no, that's not it. Yeah, it is. OK, yeah. It, the song, the song is titled Colombia me encanto. I keep getting confused with the opening line, which is Colombia Tequila Tanto. Um, that is by Carlos Vivas, who I don't know, but is apparently a pretty popular um, singer in Colombia. And then later on, when we get to Dos Oreguitas by... What was that guy's name? There we go. Sebastian Yatra. Same thing. He apparently is like a really popular singer in uh, Colombia like these days. So I really like they went out of their way to like get um colombian singers for at least those two songs would have been cool if they were on more of the album but you know that's just that's how it's gonna be because that's basically every other song was like being sung by the cast so meh anyway <sighs> um mirabelle's i want song is basically her just going through the fact that like she's been stuck feeling left out this entire time and has gotten to the point that she's fed up with it uh, <laughs> really interesting line in there about uh, give me a or give me a miracle the way you did all those years ago, which uh, is kind of what happens. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. Um, 
But uh, as the song ends, though, she notices that the candle seems to be sputtering. We the candle is basically constantly in or on display, like in Alma's uh, bedroom window, which makes me wonder what exactly her room is like because I don't think she has or she's got a glowing door like the others do. But it's clear. I don't think it would be like something huge like what we see with uh, Antonio and we'll later on see for Bruno. Um, I know people online have headcanoned that it's basically a recreation of the apartment that she and Pedro had together. And I really like that idea because it's really sweet and would also serve to show how she's like she herself is still stuck in time uh, there on the riverbank when she, uh, when she lost Pedro. But it, it is um, you see it when she first gets to Casita. Um and she's oh, holding her right. babies okay. in there before she gets determined. She's really sad. She's holding her children. Then she gets determined, puts her um, black her shawl, shawl on. on to show that, you know, she's in mourning and gets to work. You actually see inside her room. Okay. Okay. That that's point. right. I wasn't sure. It's, like how... it's very basic. It's just like their apartment. Okay. Okay. I was never sure how literal to, to take that then. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, her room seems to just be a... Um, a recreation of the apartment that she shared with Pedro. And it's also the only one that I know of that actually has like a window facing outside of it, which is fucking wild. Um, but yeah, we, we see that the candle is sputtering. We uh, see, uh, see a bunch of cracks forming along the floor and the walls. Um, Cause uh, one of the tiles falls off the roof also, and Mirabelle cuts her hand on it. Being 15, she freaks the fuck out. And, this is not to say that it's bad writing or anything like that. What she probably should have done in this moment would have been to just pull Alma aside and be like, hey, I got to talk to you for a sec. Instead of like bursting in and just shouting the house is in danger. <laughs> because yeah, she's a kid and oh, she, yeah, you know, teenagers do not have the, you know, smartest of oh, thoughts yeah. at a time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And in the moment, I might I probably would have done the same thing. This is me speaking with like. Yeah. The benefit of being a viewer and also the hindsight, I guess. But like, real yeah. like, well, you <laughs> you've grown up all of your life in this magical house that shouldn't be like able to fall apart. Yeah, suddenly starting to crack. Yeah, that's yeah. probably going to scare you a bit and make yeah, you panic. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. She's a thousand percent in panic mode. So, like I said, me pointing that out is not. To say that, like, she made a bad decision or that it was written badly. She's 15 and freaking the fuck out. Like, she is not going to be able to take the time and go, okay, it's going to be better if I just take all my, take Abuela aside and just tell her that. But yeah, she... <laughs> it's fine. You can just say that if it was she, you would have done it better. I am simply built different. Okay, I guess. Um, but, but no, you so are she not does, a she 15 year old girl. Oh my god. <laughs> you're, you're right. I'm not. A if I was a year old girl, girl I just simply would have just pulled armor aside and said that some fucked up shit is happening. I mean, oh, I'm gonna tell you right now. When I was 15, I would have run in there going. So you know, I can completely relate to her, but I can also relate to her aunt Peppa because sometimes I don't have the best control over my power or my emotions. So if I had something that was um showing my emotions constantly like her little cloud yeah um 
I like I've fucking... related to Eeyore my whole life. Remember the scenes of Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh where he'd have his own little rain cloud? That's yeah. me. And yeah, so I, the... I I can completely relate. That that little tick that she's developed of like stroking her own hair and being like clear skies, clear skies, clear skies. The holy shit. <laughs> um oh my god. But but yeah, so she she runs in basically is like I gotta tell everybody the house is falling apart. Like y'all come see. And luckily uh, because the way that I kind of interpret it, interpret this is whenever that happens, like if you pictured Casita as a person it's like she would have been like dazed for a second or something and then like snapped out of it and pulled herself back together. And that's why the cracks are all gone when she gets back there is because Casita like kind of woke up and was like, oh, shit, what happened? But um, the unfortunate result is that nobody believes Mirabelle and Alma distracts and uh, is like, hey, don't worry, everybody. The house and the magic are fine and the drinks are really good. And eh? you guys want to go have some more drinks? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> but they then she was basically insinuating that Maribel was drunk. Oh shit! I thought it was more the other way around. Like, hey guys, keep drinking and don't worry about this. That also makes sense, though. Um, but she she tells uh, Augustine and uh, Louisa to start playing some music. Louisa just holds up a piano for Augustine, which is really good. But the look on both of their faces—they are both freaking the fuck out right now it's really good um but we we get a moment b- between just julieta and um and mirabelle where basically mirabelle's like i i didn't make it up i wouldn't do that i don't want to ruin uh antonio's night you you know that you know me better than that that kind of thing and um excuse me sorry anyway to which um i i feel like because Julieta, not that there'd be a huge difference, but Julieta is the oldest of the three twins, and I just the way, just what we know of Alma, I can see her having been sort of like thrust into the role of being in charge when they were kids. So this is where we find out that Bruno is like this is where it's like said that Bruno is gone. She uh, she says, "I don't want to lose you the same way that we lost your uncle Bruno." I feel like this is this is never verbalized, but I feel like she probably blames herself a lot of that. Like I should have seen whatever it was that was troubling him and should have been able to help him. I'm the big sister. Like, how could I just lose my little brother like that? And now she sees something else happening to her own daughter and is probably freaking out a little bit. When am I getting attacked? Oh shit. Hang on a second. Yeah, I got um... what? What I was going to say is uh, they love their brother, but yeah. because of his powers, they they feared it instead of trying to understand it. And then they yeah. made him fear it and make him feel bad and responsible for everything that was going on. Uh, that's the whole premise of the next song we get into, which is we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. And if you notice in um in the song when it gets to oh what's her name the girl with the that can hear everything dolores yeah dolores. if you look on the banister behind dolores yes you'll see Bruno, yeah and yeah, he he's... actually dances along with the song yeah it's um, stupid i love it he's really good i've come to the conclusion yeah, the... that john that john Leguizamo Go might be good uh, i did okay this is the last bit of trivia that i found 
Bruno's name was originally Oscar. Oh, yeah, that's right. there were right. so many Oscar Madrigals in Colombia, for legal reasons, they had to change it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That's really funny. And Can I you actually, imagine we don't talk about Oscar? That doesn't work as well as we don't talk we about Bruno. We don't talk Bruno. about Oscar. That's actually, if I remember right, I think um, Lin-Manuel Miranda had, a, I can't just say any individual part of his name. Gotta be the whole thing. I think if I remember right, I saw something that like he helped like them settle on Bruno because he was already working on We Don't Talk About Bruno. So like he was like, hey, here's a song that would work with the, the song I'm already writing. Here's a name that would work with the song I'm already writing. Um, and uh, the funny thing for me is that um, my dad's middle name was Bruno. Uh, and my dang. dad was named after his German great grandfather or great or grandfather. So the fact that it's We Don't Talk About Bruno... If my dad was alive, it would be incessantly picking on him about that. God, so oh, I that, believe that. That, that would sense. be perfect for my family. I'm just telling you know that. There you go. Um, I will be right back. I got to get Grace in the bed. The game starts with a player, experience named Cecil, coming to, coming to consciousness with no memories of his past. He sees a corpse of a man on the ground in a junkyard, and believes he just recently died. Another spirit named Ray tells Cecil about hope for nature spirits and his special abilities known as ghost tricks. He demonstrates the ability to inherit objects and manipulate them. Ray also tells Cecil that he can use ghost tricks to go back four minutes before the death of a person and attempt to save their life. Cecil does this to save the life of Lynn, a young detective from an assassin. Cecil wishes to recover his memories. He then learns that Lynn had come to the junkyard to get information from him. Being the only lead to his past, Cecil decides to follow her. Ray warns that Cecil's spirit will dissipate at dawn. As the night progresses, Cecil and Lynn work together to save others as Cecil learns pieces about his past, well, about the past. Ten years prior, Detective Jald and Carbonella had arrested Yomil, a man falsely accused of being a fallen spy. Yomil escaped and fled into a nearby park, taking a young Lynn hostage. Jald gave chase, but before he could shoot Yomil, a meteor struck nearby and a fragment from it impacted of its impact struck and killed Yomil. Jald adopted Lynn into his family, including his wife Alma, his daughter Camilla, and pet dog Missile. Five years prior to the present, Alma had inevitably killed by a complex contraption that Camilla had built as a surprise for her birthday. Gerald hid the evidence and took responsibility for Alma's death to protect Camilla, going to prison under the Carbonella's watch. <clears throat> In the present, Cecil and Lynn discovered that a man named Sif, on behalf of an unknown, well, unnamed foreign country, has been 
behind the assassination attempt on Lynn and is blackmailing the Minister of Justice into pursuit, pushing for Giles' execution. Having claimed to have kidnapped his daughter, he is unaware that his partners mistakenly kidnapped Camilla instead. Cecil uses his ghost powers to help Giles free himself from prison, though Carbonello recaptures him shortly thereafter. Cecil then proves what are you talking about? The Mrs. daughter is safe at home and without this crazed there. The Mrs. Day's Giles' execution. He tells Cecil and Lynn his fear that a spirit known as the Manipulator is behind many of the recent events, including the death of Alma. Calvinella is killed while investigating Cecil's body at the junkyard, but Cecil, with the help of Missile, now experienced with his own ghost tricks, undoes his death. Cecil is surprised to see that the Manipulator used his corpse, which had yet to show signs of decomposition there, to shoot and kill. Yes, to kill, shoot and kill Carbonella while while vowing revenge on Giles and Lynn. What are you talking about? Reveals that the body Cecil thought was his is that of Yomil, Yomil's, the true identity of the manipulator, whose body had gone missing shortly after he was pronounced dead. Cecil is confused by this revelation. The body showed traces of the same radiation in the meteorite, which they suspect is preventing it from decomposing. What are you talking about? (laughs) I don't know, but it's interesting. What was that? I'm interested. I feel like it's dead air. Okay, but what was that about? What was that? Don't worry about it. But I'm curious now. Ghosts, deaths, and mysteries. Uh, fine, whatever. Anyway. You know, I'm so in, and Kat would be totally into it, too. By the anyway. way, I have her pick when, when it's time for that. Yeah, I got that this morning, too, because I was like, I, I was like around like 1.30 oh, last night, like, wait a minute. Let me do it. Okay, I mean, you can still say it. I'm just, I also know what she picked. <laughs> I'd like, Mrs. Jones. I don't want to be a surprise. <laughs> Sorry, Beer, go ahead. I also know it is. Oh. Oh, she announced it. Well, good, everybody. then we all know. Okay. We don't even need to say it. Listeners, don't tell anyone, but I don't actually know. <laughs> I just want to sound cool. <laughs> you want to be part of the group. You want to be one of us. Yeah, Which is funny know. for me to say it. Because I'm part of the Anyway. Anyway, back to the movie. Yeah, back to the movie. We were... Honestly, we're still like at the beginning of the movie. Um, <laughs> we're talking about... We don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, well, that, we're not quite there, but yeah. Um, so, Basically. the... Yeah, that, <laughs> I really like that night. Um, well, first off, that night, uh, Mirabelle sneaks out of her room in her PJs and overhears Alma, like, Talking to herself, talking to like Pedro. Um, basically, she can tell something's going up and going on, and she's worried. That's kind of all we get from that. And then, fucking in the middle of the night, <laughs> Mirabelle suits up in her daytime clothes and is like, "All right, I'm gonna go save the family." 
To which Casita's like, yeah! And then she's like, wait, how do I do that? <laughs> and Casita's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, raises a couple, sh- uh, a couple, like, shudders or something to be, like, shrugging. <laughs> I just love that, like, again, in the middle of the night, like, gotta be around midnight or something. She, like, suited back up out of her PJs into her daytime clothes. And then I would assume changed back into her PJs when she was like, I'll take care of this in the morning. <laughs> Everybody's asleep. I can't talk to them right now. Thank God. It honestly is so super fucking relatable. That's that entire moment. That's really good. Um, but yeah, Does she anyone decided, else think that Dolores' room is probably like soundproof? It's gotta be. I've seen people theorizing about that, like trying to uh, figure out like what everybody's room is, which again is another reason this would have been great for a series so that we could work in everybody's rooms, but whatever. Um, but yeah, people like assuming that like it's either like a concert hall or something or something like soundproofed. I think her room is basically like a big sensory deprivation chamber or at least has like a sensory deprivation box in it. Anyway, <laughs> because otherwise she has been privy to some s- capital S stuff from this family. <laughs> <laughs> because she's only this she's the second oldest, meaning every other kid came after her. <laughs> um anyway. Uh the next morning she decides she's gonna go try to ask Dolores about it. This is where we really get like a good hint at like the extent of Dolores' hearing, because she says that like she was she heard Luis's eye twitching all night. Like think about try to try mm-hmm. to hear your eye twitching. You can't because it's so minute in the muscle movements. Like if they are making any noise, it's like so low that you can't pick it up. But like from across the house, she was able to like hear that muscle movement all night long, which is fucking wild. Which well, is like, that gets rid of the uh, soundproof room. Uh, that's true. Un- er, unless she's got, like, an area in the room, like her bed is, like, a uh, soundproof box or something like that, and she just didn't go to bed because she was also sitting up worried or, or wanting to get some hot well, gas. It's like an on-all thing that if she wants to listen to what's going on in the house, she can turn it, in the def- the, turn it off so that way she can hear, but when she's overwhelmed, she can turn it on to just or that. be by herself. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, like is it not even me trying? That's not even me trying to poke a hole in the movie. That's just holy shit. She's got like such amplified hearing. Holy crap! Um, because we 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 will find out later that like she's heard Bruno in the walls this entire time. She knew he was there. Which I have to mean that I have to assume also means that like she she probably knew he didn't want her to tell anybody or whatever. I would assume she must have been able to pick on that too. Otherwise, like why didn't you say something? Well, if you think about it, he was um, there in front of everybody, living amongst everybody until after Mirabelle was five. So. Um, they knew each other well enough that he could have probably just whispered through the wall, hey, don't tell anyone I'm here. Yeah, basically, that's kind of my guess, yeah. Plus, like, the two of them, honestly, like, when she was a kid, probably bonded in the fact that, like, 
she can't see the future, but by hearing everything, she also knows more um, more of what's going on than other people do, kind of like Bruno. So, like, the two of them probably, like, I would assume probably also, bonded over that. she kind of tell people that Bruno's really in the, lo- in the walls. That's fucking that's she true. She straight out say it. Yeah, because she hears the, like, the mice and stuff. And yeah, she's always, like, and... throwing small shit like that in. Like, when Mirabelle's asking her, she's like, uh, the only person that I've heard or that I've heard worrying about this is you and the rats on the walls. But like people just don't question her on that. They're just like, oh, that's Dolores being weird. But no, fucking ask her about that. What does that mean, girl? <laughs> uh, to be fair, with Uncle Bruno being um, played by John Leguizamo, you know, he was probably like the ultimate best uncle. That's also true. Like, Steven, I could see you being that uncle. I mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you would be like the cool one that introduces them to all the cool stuff they should watch and um, listen to and all this and hang out with them and play games and stuff and teach them how to play video games. Like that, hey, that's the type of uncle that I bet you Bruno was. Hey, kiddos, I'm going to introduce you to this thing called JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm going to teach you how to play this game, also called JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Gosh. No, the first game would probably be Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Fair. And then at some point, they would start learning about uh, the Titanic. Shut up. <laughs> oh, have you seen the Lego Titanic with all the details in it? Like, it's 900 yeah. bucks. My um, Asian Studies professor has it and built it. Oh, nice. I'm so jelly. <sighs> but anyway, <laughs> um, we, we, have, we have a breakfast. Uh, hang on one sec. Um, but yeah, we, we have a breakfast. She tries to ask Louisa, but Louisa's immediately like, uh-uh, shut up. <laughs> and Alma's basically going over, like, I guess just kind of the mission statement for the day. Like, all right, guys, we're going to... Use our powers to help out. Antonio, now that you've got yours, we'll figure something out for you. Which, maybe, Antonio can fucking have a word with those donkeys that keep getting out. So they stop doing that. Good point. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. Although, I swear they get out just so that Louisa could carry them around. That also might be true. They probably just like hanging out with Louisa. <laughs> fucking... They, they like to be pet, and they like to um, be around people. So if you keep them hooked up uh, you know like in paddocks too long they um they have to be around other um creatures so that's why you Uh. see them out with horses and cows and stuff to socialize more if it's just them they're just like i'm bored let's go do this okay huh i did not know that i don't know a whole lot about donkeys donkeys are related to horses and horses are invalid donkeys are more fun than horses i'll i'll grant you that but also, I just, I'm pretty sure they have the same foot structure, which is the reason that I don't like horses, because horses, their feet are basically just fingers, which means horses are just giant hands, and I hate that. Uh, basically, their their hooves are giant toenails, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nails. yeah, yeah. And the bones are just structured analogously to our finger bones. I don't like it. <laughs> it's not okay. Someone on um, one of the art sites paint, uh, drew up horses 
as like raptors instead like gave them fangs and stuff it was mm. creepy as heck i bet you you'd like horses after seeing that no it's better mm-hmm. than that. no, that's just a big big there it's I can say this fancy book series thing. The Beginnings by David Edding. I don't know if I know that. Basically, there's like a species of horse-like creatures that basically they're horses, but with fangs and crawls instead of their normal teeth and hooves. Nope. Nope. That's a whole bunch of nope from me. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. I can tell you right now, my husband's already been kicked by enough horses that he is afraid of them. If I came in with one with uh, fangs and claws, that would be a real quick nope. Yep, yep. Nope, nope. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna what do that. What do you do when your, kid, your kids want to ride the pony rides? Uh, yeah. Too bad. One of the characters who is, like, the beginning is one of those fantasy not series that's like, Oh, all the kind of fan. Well, everyone's basically humans, but drone probes, like for different civilizations, are based off of like characterized, like versions of real life stuff. Basically, worlds of hats scenario. So the guy who's from the the fancy Mongolians is like, oh, I want to train one of those. It'll be super hard, hmm. but I want to train one of those. Then he goes to try to train one of them and goes, Mmm, this isn't working out so well, so I'm just going to kill this. <laughs> uh, all right. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, the point is all horses and donkeys are bad. Anything that's got hey, feet now, like that. It's a good thing that horses aren't real. <laughs> Do what? Well, it's a good thing horses aren't real then. You know what? I'll accept that. <laughs> yeah, because the Native Americans and the um, and all infantries rode into battle on cows. That's yeah. They want no, you to think dogs. it was horses or something. <laughs> it's just big dogs, dire wolves, dire mm-hmm. quills. Technically, the Native Americans used to call horses dogs because they didn't have a word for horse at the beginning oh, because they mm-hmm. weren't horses were not in the Americas until the Europeans brought them. That's fucking I wild. During the prehistoric, like during the Ice Age and stuff, there technically was horses, but they was hunted to extinction by. You've... Good, as they said, they were like a a predecessor to horses. They weren't technically mm. horses. But yes, they were hunted to extinction by um, the first people to cross the bridge from Ooh. Asia into the Americas. Good. Yeah. They deserved it. <laughs> we should have kept still going. Eat horse meat. <laughs> Do what? Mm-hmm. People still eat horse meat. They should keep going with that. Well, just think about it this way. If you don't like horses, just buy a bunch more glue. That's what they're made out of. <laughs> That's right. Wait, do they still do that? I don't is know. That, is that still a thing? I know that used to be. That's what Any... you used to do with old horses or, or like, bad attitude horses. Yeah. <laughs> or the fucking boxer from um, Animal Farm. Pretty sure that happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's better than what they do to the uh, bulls they don't select for uh, bullfighting. They take them and slaughter them to eat yeah, mm-hmm. they do. Just like the donkeys in 
the movie. And yeah, Eight. you know what? We should get back to that. <laughs> Fucking Louisa has the wildest list of chores. Someone asked her to reroute a river for them. Fuck yeah, you. She's like, no problem. Like, she's like, yeah, do you do I, that? My guess would be like stomping it down, like starting at the riverbank and just stomping the ground down to like, well, you just grab the water and move it somewhere else. <laughs> that sounds God like a Herculean, uh, Herculean uh, trial. I mean, he did. Well, yeah. That was one of his trials. Yeah, he had to reroute a river to clean out um, some guy's state. I forgot the name of the well, moving the river part wasn't part of the trial. The cleaning the stable part was. <laughs> that's, that's true. Just that's how just how how moving the it. river was the quickest way to do so because that yeah. stable was horrible. <laughs> yeah, because it was filled with this weird thing called old horses that eats people. Yeah, sure. Why the fuck not? I always assumed it was just horses. I should have known better. No, it's the ancient Greeks. It's it got to be something worse than just horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. The thing um, is, like even in the versions where it is horses, they're like man-eating horses. That's all so yeah. fucked up. It's <laughs> always man-eating though. Why? <laughs> because they have to have a reason to get rid of something. Well, She's a man. The guy who kept giving Hercules his, his trials was trying to get him to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Each trial was not supposed to be something that Hercules could succeed in. Yeah, because, yeah, this and was... that's another Easter egg from Encanto, because during her pressure song, um, she talks about, did Hercules ever say, no, I don't want to fight? I just don't want to fight Subarus. That's actually an Easter egg to Disney's previous movie, Hercules. Well, I mean, there's also that. But yeah, um, because if I remember right, weren't the trials like, weren't the trials supposed to be like a way of atoning for murdering um, Megara and their kid or something like that? Even though Um, it wasn't his fault, he was fucking brainwashed by Hera. Yeah, um, it, or it was whatever. to also earn his godhood. That was it, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think we've covered her. Wait, no, we did. Also, it did was we like some random king who was assigning the trials, who wasn't uh, connected mm-hmm. to the gods in any way. Oh, I thought I he remembered it as being He was assigned like, by Zeus, but yeah, he, we all know that's corrupt. Eh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think one of the gods who... Like, Hercules was asking, how do I be, get, be redeemed for my crimes? And one of the guys you was like, didn't uh, commit a crime. King guy you were hypnotized. Fucking, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, like, someone asked her to reroute. But, yeah, um, someone asked her to reroute we, a river. One guy's house is leaning for some reason, and she just mm-hmm. kicks it back in place. Why is your house moved, leaning, dude? The fuck? She also moved a church. Yeah, they just have her move the church over because I guess they wanted, I guess the light was better over here today or some bullshit. Fuck you guys. Mm-hmm. Ow. Maybe they also, wanted it more centralized in town. I guess, but why did they have her move it to the other spot in the first place? Well, you know, sometimes, like, you just want to rearrange a house. 
<laughs> they wanted they to rearrange, rearrange the, the town every now and then. Yeah. Also, fun fact: the original concept for Peppa, uh, her gift was going to be that she was invulnerable and had uh, grown up to be like a daredevil because of that. But they ended up scrapping that because they were like, "That's too similar to what we've already given Louisa," because she's also basically invulnerable due to her super strength. So they went with the weather thing instead. Um, also, yeah, we we get we get Louisa's character song, uh, "Surface Pressure," which is also a pretty good song. The whole mm-hmm. thing is like a three minute rant on like, "Hey, I'm under so much pressure all the time." Goddamn. Um, <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda has specifically said that he wrote this with his older sister in mind because I don't remember what the age gap between the two of them was, but it's enough that like he was clearly the baby of the family by the time he came along. And as a result, his sister had a lot of undue responsibility, like shoved on her, like having to help take care of him or something, I guess. He has said that the most clear memory that he remembers, at least when he was that he was thinking of when he wrote the song, was they got him some kind of toy for Christmas one year that, like, required assembly. And, like, his sister, I think, had to, like, get up in the middle of the night to put it together so that when he woke up in the morning, it would be, like, ready to go. <sighs> I, I say all that. Just... To that. My, yeah. When my brother was little for Christmas, we got him this uh, cardboard playhouse that you had to put together and then he could color. And they wanted me to color one side of it for him. I got it halfway done (laughs) um, because I could only work on. I had to put it together and then color that side in one night. Yeah. With little color markers, not the big ones, the little ones. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. So I could complete. I understood and felt this song deeply myself. Yeah. Got it. But but yeah, no, I I say all that to say like what? I don't know a ton about Lin-Manuel Miranda. I never actually saw um, Hamilton, so I really only know him for, like, this and Moana. But he seems like a pretty good dude. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, there are references galore in uh, Service Pressure. We get a couple of references there. Obviously, the Her- Hercules. It's got really big, like, um, pop singer energy with the donkey, <laughs> the donkeys fucking in there as her backup dancers. She's literally just on the Titanic for like a minute because why not? I guess. Um, yep, and punching the iceberg. Yeah, she punches the iceberg and then like turns into a tornado eating the city or the town or something like that. I don't know. There are a lot of transitions and I kind of lose track of what happens when. But it's a good song overall. And and one thing I've always tried to think about, like with musicals, is like, OK, we're seeing this as a song just because it's a musical. But like in universe, the characters are probably just talking. They're not actually like singing everything and doing all of these big numbers, I, I would at least assume. And this does end with her like huffing and puffing. So I really like to think that she just went on like a three minute long rant or something. <laughs> About, like, all the shit that she has to put up with. (laughs) Um, But she does mention after the song. Forgot when for a sec. She does mention after the song that when, or would have been right about the same time, right before um, she came in making a scene, she said that she did feel briefly weak last night. Because she is probably the one that would notice something like that the most, aside from maybe Dolores with her hearing. 
Because it looks like she was just carrying around boulders for fun during the party or some shit. So, like, plus they're probably just constantly having her move the piano and stuff like that anyway. So, the point is she probably noticed, like, some brief fluctuation in her strength and was like, oh, fuck, oh, shit, oh, damn. But she she does tell her that, um, I'm trying to remember, I think she, I want to say Luis is, like, 18, 19, and then Camilo is either right above or right below that. Um... But, uh, no, I'm sorry, Camilo's 15, the same as Mirabella. He's just a couple months older, so basically a reverse of Isabella and Dolores. Um, but she, this is where we find out about uh, Bruno a little bit more. Um, she tells Mirabelle that he had some kind of vision um, about her a long time ago, and no one actually knows what it was, but they all assume it's something bad because that was, like, right before he disappeared. Um, so basically, so she tells Mirabelle, like, you know, if you go, if you go find that vision, you'll probably be able to figure out what's going on to which Mirabelle, having grown up basically as much as she can remember without Bruno being around, is like, what do you mean find the vision? <laughs> because she doesn't know that his visions are like these little panes of glass that like have the picture like set into them, which is honestly really fucking neat. Disney could, mm-hmm. could honestly capitalize on like making those for people, but Actually, that was how photographs were originally. They were Fuck, that's uh, right. printed on glass. <laughs> that's right. Okay, that actually makes so much sense then, why that's the way that it manifests. That's really cool. Again, really good like attention to detail with like some of the, with all of these things. Like the capybaras for people who like know enough about animals are like designed specifically as a breed of capybara that would live in the region of Colombia that that Encanto is supposed to be because that's also the name of the town. I don't remember if we've said that yet or not. Um, but, so, not sure what any of that means. Uh, Mirabelle goes back home to go check out Bruno's room as she's, like, trying to sneak into his room. We have, like, a brief shot of fucking um... Oh, this morning is also during Alma's whole speech. She mentioned, okay, the Guzmans are coming over for dinner tonight, and um, Mariano is officially going to propose. And fucking Dolores just cocks her head and is like, yeah, he's doing it tonight. He wants five babies. What the fuck, man? Yeah, and uh, Isabella, like, pops out, like, involuntarily pops out flowers on her head. Yeah, really interesting detail there. Like, most of them are, like, these little white uh, flowers that are kind of cute. One of them is, like, a different kind of flower, and when Alma walks over, specifically, that's the one that she pulls off and, like, drops on the ground. She's like, the rest of these look fine just sitting in your hair, but that one's different. Yeah, because she wants her to be perfect. Exactly. Um, And also... I'm sorry, Vera, were you also going to say something? Oh, no. Okay, um, but I'll, but also, as Mirabelle's, like, sneaking into Bruno's room, we see, like, a brief shot of, like, the two of them just on the other side of the landing or whatever, uh, walking and talking. Fucking Isabella just has, like, flower petals just flowing off of her because, fuck it, why not, I guess? <laughs> um, and, like, it's it's nothing huge. We just get, like, a brief glimpse of conversation of, like, I think Isabella says, like, oh, I'm so happy, and Alma says something like, this is so good for the Encanto, or something like that. So, like, they're obviously talking about um, (laughs) the upcoming engagement. Doesn't really matter. Um, (sighs) 
Bruno's room sucks. Bruno's room is an asshole. <laughs> yeah, but also, even Bruno doesn't like his room. Yeah, even well, that's the thing is his room has been turned off for so long. I do. And Jilly was also the one that pointed this out to me. I do feel like his it, stuff was probably set up a little bit differently when he was actually there. Like, for example, how we see that, like, the rope hand railing is, like, falling off of those stairs and, like, chunks of it are just gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was So it's probably, like, actually yeah, staying together. Yeah, even he comments about how many stairs are in his True. Room. Like, it's not like he had an elevator back then. He did still have to deal with the stairs. I, mean, I just mean that it was, like, put together better. And now she has to fucking swing across at the end. Yeah, because the stairs missing. Yeah. It's a lot. Oh, but... Also, with the room being turned off, we do see that as she's walking in, Casita can't interact with anything in there. And it's never super clear, because again, the only room, the only other room that we see is Antonio's room at the very beginning of the movie. And we didn't really have... Later. Yeah, also, yeah, later also. But like the times that we see Antonio's room, there's not really enough going on to really give us a clear idea. So it's not super clear if Casita just can't interact with the rooms at all. Or if it's specifically Bruno's. That's my guess is because Bruno's room is like turned off with him not being there. My guess is that it's only his room that Casita can't interact with and anybody else if they were to leave or whatever. I think I so because when Bruno decided to hide, even though he was hiding in Casita, it um, his door turned off because he's yeah. refusing to use his powers. Yeah, exactly. And so if th- you refuse to use your powers, that's when everything shuts down. Yeah, so my my guess then is that Casita can probably, and for as surprised as Mirabel seemed, my guess is that like Casita can probably interact inside the other rooms. Like it might have a harder time doing it or something like that, just because of the way the rooms are made. But like it, it seems like it's un- that's unique to Bruno's room right now with the way that everything is shut off. Um, she gets a bird friend for a minute, kind of, and then. It- and then it leaves. That was one of the earliest clips of this movie that I saw was her like looking up and being like, that's a that's a long way to go. But at least I'm not alone. I've got you with me. Right. Nope. You took off immediately. I <laughs> think Antonio look. sent that toucan to um, be with her during all this, because I think he kind of um, could figure out she was up to something. You know but- what? Uh, the fact that the toucan like abandons her is it, it's really sad funny and funny at the same time. Yeah, I love I love the toucan, but honestly, you might be right. I didn't think about that, but that does. I bring think it me... is the case. Well, fine. <laughs> well, fine then. I guess I'm the one who just didn't figure it out then. But um, <laughs> I love that the toucan just walks over to a vase and like kicks it over. <laughs> and like that you could see it when she turns around when she gets up there his, his foot is out and he's looking at her like oops <laughs> my bad <laughs> oh my god but um the jump to her shoulder and hides in her hair clapping I his know. beak like he's terrified <laughs> dude um but that does remind me and if you guys want I can save this for the end or we can have a tangent for it now um, my at least interpretation for why everybody has the power that they have, um, because I, I at least kind of think that like Casita is a maybe not able to pick the specific power that everybody gets, but I think there's a like degree of influence of like you are getting this power because of this 
kind of thing. Like, not like how Fantastic Four sets it up, where, like, all the powers of the Vega are, like, reflective of their personalities, although that's also true. More that they got powers that were specifically needed for, like, the time periods that each kid got their powers. That would make sense because in Colombia there is a, or even back then especially, there was a lot of issues with um, animals, especially jaguars, snakes, um, to capybaras. There's so many. There's still a capybara issue. So oh. it, it it makes sense that a child would get that power to help kind of control the wildlife that could be coming in causing and wreaking havoc with the town. Okay, so yeah, so then there's also that um, backing it up to the first two, or for, to the, the triplets, since they were the first ones that got gifts, their gifts are also kind of the most powerful, which to me makes sense because, like, this is when like, there's still so much uncertainty just because of what brought them here and the fact that, like, the town was kind of still just formed a couple years ago. So the three powers that we get are um, someone who through the uh, through food can heal all of the citizens to make sure that nobody ever has to like stay hurt especially if some outside force were to come and, and attack everyone for example um someone who has control over the weather to make sure that you know this their paradise is always nice or like can have rain if needed can be sunny if needed so on and so forth but still maintaining that the whole this is a paradise for for these guys and then third with bruno because i'm pretty sure he's supposed to be the youngest of the three um someone who can see the future to let them know that things are gonna be okay like no matter what happens as long as we still have the encanto we will be safe at least i that's my interpretation of why each of the triplets got the powers that they got and then with the subsequent younger kids um, the first two were Delor uh, were um, Isabella, who, like I said, very well could be using her power to like do all of the agriculture for the town. So again, helping to make sure that they have enough food and never have to deal with hardship because of a lack of food. I mean, the, the family decides to only have her use it for flowers, but I can see that being like Casita's intention for giving her the power that it gave her. And then Dolores being able to hear basically beyond the bounds of the town again would serve a similar purpose to Bruno in being able to assure them, don't worry, we are still safe. There's nobody coming. Um, and then same thing. And then Louisa with her super strength, the basically, I mean the power to rearrange the city as needed. She can build up. She'd be able to build up their defenses if they ever needed to, to wall back in. She'd be able to tear anything down that needs tearing down, so on and so forth. She can literally just move people to safer areas if there is any danger. Uh, Camilo is the one. She can boulders and throw them like a catapult. Exactly that too. Camilo is the one that I had the uh, that I had more trouble with. But by the time he comes around, or by the time he and Mirabel were born, they've been in the Encanto long enough that the. The, that sense of urgency and danger has kind of more subsided. And so his power is a little bit more small scale, at least in the way that he uses it, because he can basically replace anybody so that they can go rest 
and don't have to worry about their not their job not being done because now Camila can do that for them for like an hour while they go have a nap or recharge or whatever, or maybe even while they go see Julieta to get healed up off of a lunch. And then um, Mirabelle, <laughs> Mirabelle we'll talk about later because like we've already kind of said, like her gift seems to be the miracle itself. But then Antonio, I think, you know, keeping in line with all of this, if Casita is picking the power that it gives each of them, I kind of think that it gave Antonio the ability to talk to animals, basically because, like, he's he's the one that's the most useful to the actual plot. The animals have been hanging out with Bruno this entire time. The animals all already have an idea of what's going on and what needs to be done to help. So you... The natural extension of that is have a kid that can then talk to the animals to help them figure out, help the humans figure out what's needed. Because that's exactly what Antonio does. He'll, he rolls up and is like, here in a little bit to be like, oh, yeah, the rats told me everything. I know exactly what to do. Come on up to my room. So, like, again, this is all headcanon. I don't know if any of that's been confirmed anywhere, but that at least is my line of thought for, like, why everybody has the powers that they have. I don't really have a, an ending there, so we can just transition, transition back to the movie. But anyway, all of that though to say, uh, to be to get back into the movie, which is uh, Mirabelle ma- uh, managing to make it up the stairs, singing like a shortened version of the Family Madrigal, which is just funny because it just breaks into her complaining, which is really good and honestly really relatable. Um, she, she does find his, his, like, vision room. There's a big sand pit in the middle. Um, she digs around and gets the shards of the vision. Yes. She doesn't piece the whole thing together yet, but does luckily manage to find, like, the two pieces that had her face on it. So it's like, oh, shit, this is about me. And that's scary. Yeah, right? Especially when, like, she knows basically nothing about Bruno. All she knows is people being like, yeah, we don't talk about him. So, like, what the hell does this mean? Um, Well, she gets into that in the next song, We Don't Talk About Bruno, which I love the setup for, because it's her going back into her room and being like, what, Bruno, what were you doing, right? (laughs) Right as Peppa comes in and she's like, I heard you say that name that we don't say. Kid? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but also um peppa is like since it's you know it's easy to forget that this is only like the next day because she's basically coming in to grab antonio's clothes to you know move over to into his new room (laughs) antonio has his powers for like two days when everything falls apart but um there's also just this really cute shot of like the rain cloud like starting to form overhead and her like trying to swipe it away which I I don't know. Yeah. And shove it up. Well, like the, the part that like I always stick on is when she's still sitting on the floor and just kind of reaching up at it and like getting it with like her fingertips. I don't know. That shot's just always been really cute to me. I'm like, Oh honey. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so like without telling them anything, she asks, um, Felix and, Sorry. And Peppa, you know, like if hypothetically Bruno had a vision about something about somebody, you know, what would that mean for them? 
To which Peppa doesn't still doesn't want to talk about it. But Felix basically says, oh, that means something bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they bust into singing about rats. Yeah. Okay. They bust into singing about it. And then um, she's like, we don't talk about it. I'm still mad about our wedding. <laughs> I fucking love the opening line. She's like, and she's like, we don't talk about Bruno. No, 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 no. But <laughs> since you brought it up. Day. <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, the whole song, again, just like contextualizing all of these songs is like conversations, I guess, is like her just running around, like asking anybody that she can find, like, hey, you, can you tell me anything about Bruno, please, for the love of God? Um, because the stories that we get are... Um, Peppa and Felix, like, remembering when he came in on their wedding day, saying that he came in ooh, with a mischievous grin. But basically what we learned at the ending is that he was, like, trying to cheer her up. So I don't even think he had any kind of vision. He just, like, came in like, hey, sis, kind of looks like rain out, huh? And she, yeah, he like, said it wasn't even a vision. He was just trying to calm her nerves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the boy just chose his wording badly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we have that. Like, he... Him bringing that up got stuck in her head and like caused a huge rainstorm on the day of her and Felix's wedding. Um, we get like random shots of like the villagers. One lady being like, "He told me my fish was gonna die. He told me I was gonna get fat. He told me I'd get I'd end up being bald. That kind of stuff." Oh, God, I got a great thing for that. The translation of the woman whose fish dies is actually Mrs. Deadfish. Oh my God, that's really funny. Yeah. That's really good. And that that shit stuck with him, too, because later on, when she's, like, pressuring him to make another vision, he's like, if this doesn't go right, you're gonna be like, oh, Bruno's so creepy, his vision's killed my goldfish. Like, that shit stuck with him. Again, I don't even think he had a vision. I think he was just like, dude, if you don't feed your fish, it's gonna die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or, like, something like that. Plus, it looks like, like goldfish that, like, you went in a carnival or something. Those things always die in a few days. But um, the two biggest one, the two biggest standouts, well, three, I guess, are Dolores, who, because of like one, because of what we'll see with Bruno when we actually get to him in a minute, like the guy mutters to himself a lot. He's really hard, hard coded as like superstitious and probably OCD. So he's like he mutters to himself a lot, like when he's like counting things or knocking on wood and stuff like that. So he has been alone for far too long as well. Also that by this point, and then especially with our super hearing, like Dolores has been here, like one heard all of that as a kid, but then now has grown up still hearing him in the walls. Camilo, who, like I said, is only a couple months older than Mirabelle. So probably like just vaguely remembers um, Bruno, but then also like the everybody else not wanting to talk about him. This turns into like this big monstrous version of him, which is hilarious because like that is so not what he's like at all. Seven <sighs> foot three rats along his back. <laughs> like no, like the guy hangs out with rats, sir. But this man is like five foot two. Right, I'm taller than him. <laughs> yeah. But seven feet rats running along his rats. Yeah, yeah. There's also the meme of dude. My kids fucking loved that that meme when uh, when I first showed them that video. They both would just randomly burst into seven foot rat 
rat so long is rat. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. Oh my god. I'm gonna see if I'm gonna post and see if I can find that real quick. One sec. Encanto Bruno Bruno Rat. Hang on one sec. I'll be right back. Just gonna go use the bathroom real quick. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, I found it. <laughs> do 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 let me pop that into the chat real quick. Which one are you putting it in? The in the Discord chat, the um uh, uh channel. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so like uh and then we, we have a shot of um Isabella saying like he told me that like all, that all of my dreams would come true. Uh, no, well first we the most dramatic bitch in the room, Dolores, being like, he told me that the man I loved would be betrothed to another and be eternally out of my reach. And then Dolores and, and then Isabella immediately coming in. He told me that all of my dreams would come true and that my powers would thrive like the flowers on the vine or some shit like that. And it's like, y'all gotta stop. Yeah, it's you like, okay, bitch. Do what? It's like, okay, bitch, you flexing? <laughs> exactly. Fucking. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so so but they the, have. But the whole time Dolores is talking about it, you see, um, Bruno walking around with his hood up behind her on the balcony, and at yeah, one he... point, and when it switches back to Dolores, you see him, his head just like. He's the sitting there like a, thing to the music. Yeah, he's sitting there like head bobbing to, along to the song. Like, man, shouldn't you be hiding? But yeah, there's <laughs> there's that, and then like random places. Like you see him on the poster. Everyone thinks that Bruno's not on the poster, but he's actually hidden in the um on the left hand side in the big leaves, and you see his um hood is up to help him blend in, but he's right there. One sec, I gotta look at this. Because I honestly don't remember. Oh, the funny thing is, when you get to Bruno's room, there's another Easter egg. Well, I mean, we've already made it to Bruno's room, so. Okay, so oh, in shit. Bruno's oh, shit. room, there he is. if you look on a shelf, there's Wally's uh, plant in the boot. Oh, nice. Really, Cranberry? You have to knock everything over? Yes, of course. Absolutely. Um. Okay, yeah, I found him. He is. He's like right there off to the left, just in the bushes. Stay out of my water. You get your own water in your own insulated mug with ice. <laughs> Drink your own water. No. You are incorrect, Thanks. madam. Um, you didn't know that? Uh, okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh, right. Yeah, he. you can see him dancing along in the background, but also something that I caught that Julie didn't catch. Um, when we switch over to just everybody now singing while they, like, set the dinner table and stuff, you can see Mirabelle, like, mi finally, like, making her way, like, out of, or out of things, off to the side, like, taking her little purse to make sure she's got all of the pieces as she, like, runs off. Am I being shushed again? Yeah, and then the, um, then the little lemur thing starts stealing them. And that happens at dinner. Which has a line that lives rent-free in my brain ever since this movie first came out. Because, um, what? what I, well, first off, two things, and we don't talk about, about Bruno, that I fucking love is as Mariana's, like, walking up the street and Camila shouts, um, 
uh, Isabella, your boyfriend's here. He like turns into Mariano, and I love that they actually like if you listen close, they work the voice editing so that his voice also changes into Mariano's voice, like finishing up that line. Oh yeah, I love it. It's almost like his like a kid going through puberty. Yeah, and his voice does a little squeak. Yeah, it's so it's really it from a little kid voice to an adult voice. Yeah, it's like it's really quick because like it's over the span of like one sentence. But yeah, if you listen close, you can like hear his voice change from Camila voice to Mariana voice, which is really funny. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, so Mariana's here. It's time to get ready. Mirabelle is up in her room jigsawing this whole vision back together. And so that's when she finally sees what it is, which is an image of herself standing in front of Casita with, like, cracks all running through it. Right as her dad comes in to see if she's ready to go. So the two of them freak out for, like, a minute. Like, like um, he he's just frozen in shock. Like, oh, my God, what's going on? She tells him, like, super fast that she managed to find Bruno's vision and that it, uh, Luis is losing her powers and that uh, the magic might be going out. And it's all because of her maybe and his response is we say nothing to nobody <laughs> we got a yeah. dinner t- we got a dinner tonight we're not bringing this shit up <laughs> yeah nobody say anything and then Dolores is like I oh, did I, know. I heard it I'm, he's and, like yeah nobody oh, knows everybody, and she's, she's like, gonna tell everybody <laughs> fucking like as she runs off like Mirabelle's like oh she's gonna tell everyone and he's just like ah shit <laughs> The, the family gossip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, the line that has lived rent-free in my head... Uh, well, first off, I can, I can never get over his mom being like, since everyone here has a talent, Mariano wrote a song. And it's like, do you mean their superpowers? That's not just a talent. They all have magical abilities. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would like to hear Mariano's, Mariano's song. I'm sure he put a lot of effort into it. But what the, what the hell, lady? But no, for you some know, reason he needs, he feels like he needs to try and you know fit in and be able to do something. But what they don't understand that the Dolores does is that he writes poetry. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. If he wrote if he wrote a song, I would like to hear it. I'm sure it's actually pretty decent. Like Mariano seems like he's a really nice dude. Um, I've seen people online like trying to rag on him and say, oh, he's a piece of shit he just dumped one girl and immediately got with another and it's like no <laughs> like the no, that ending montage every scene like an arranged marriage between his parents and Arma yeah exactly yeah. first off the first girl yeah, as with we'll was, say as Isabel in this situation yeah exactly like I'm sure he liked Isabel fine but like Isabel clear Isabella clearly didn't want to be married to him and like that ending montage of them putting the house back together, it's not like that took 20 minutes. Like, we actually see that they go off and talk about things, and then Isabella and Mirabel set him up with Dolores. And so it's not like he just immediately bounced from one girl to another. He, like, he himself got bounced around a little bit, because he didn't... I, I think he doesn't know what's going on a lot of the time, but... <laughs> but like, well, no, I don't was, think he's the sharpest cookie. You know? Yeah, but like there was an actual breakup and like conversation having and all of that. Like 
the movie just like speeds past it because you're supposed to be able to just figure and, these things out. And also, is it really a breakup if they never went on a date? Well, technically back then, everybody had to kind of be uh, chaperoned anyway. So yeah. they were probably, and, and they grew up in the same town. They probably Ow. didn't figure they needed a date. They, the they family were like, they, he's the most handsome, she's the most beautiful. You guys are going to get married. They, honestly, they might have that. I guess we don't really know for sure. Like, you know, before this, yeah, I'm sure how they much they hang out. Each other, but it's like, even then, and you just don't go to a random, like, someone that you know and be like, hey, you want to get married? Yeah. You usually go on, hey, you want to go on a date? Yeah, like, the fact that, like, Isabella is surprised to find out that he wants five kids, like, I mean, not that everybody, like, definitely has the same conversations before getting married, blah, blah, blah. There are, I'm, some, I'm sure, some people who don't talk about that stuff until later on. But, like, I feel like she should have at least known that he wanted a bunch of kids. Um, but anyway, the uh, getting to the, the line that lives right free in my head is uh, this whole dinner, like, Mirabelle's just staring Dolores down because her their seats are like across from each other and she's just like not doing anything just direct eye contact the entire time like like through sheer force of will keeping um, Dolores quiet and keeping her from doing anything because the moment her conversation is broken by fucking Mariano passing her a bowl and being like avocado for some reason his voice there just saying avocado like is the part that, like, gets stuck in my head every now and then. I'll just, like, from out of nowhere, hear Mariana saying avocado. And it's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why this happens. I've actually been did. catching myself saying avocado the same way. <laughs> okay, good. So it's not just me. But, <laughs> no. but, like, as soon as her attention is broken, she, like, immediately leans over to Camilo and, like, tells him what's going on. And his face, I love, like, with him being the shapeshifter, in that moment of him freaking out, his face just completely loses it. <laughs> and then Felix leans over and he's like, dude, fix your face. What's, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, but then, like, I just love I us going. I second he does turn into Bruno. I think so. It's I, like, always want to try to pause and, like, see what all he transforms into. But, like, I'm never fast enough with it. But I think you're right. I want to say he turns into Bruno for like a second. I know he's. I think. I think he turns into Bruno and then Mirabelle and then tries to like go back to himself or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like, it, <laughs> it's, his it's face too all bad fucked we up. don't have disk drives and computers anymore because you used to. You could put the DVD in and you can run it on the computer and look at oh, it frame yeah. by frame. Oh yeah, that's true. Damn. Do kind of wish that you could do that. Well, I mean, I'm watching it on uh, Disney Plus anyway, so I don't have the DVD that I'd be able to do that with anyway. But that's not the point. I don't either, <laughs> but I do miss that ability. That's true. But like, we just go down the line with like that whole side of the family. Camilo telling um, Felix, and then Felix spitting out all of his water all over um, Mariano and his mom. <laughs> Those two get fucking soaked. Um, and then he tells, he should not have fucking told Peppa. Peppa is bad at keeping herself calm. I mean, mm. she would have still wondered what was up the entire dinner. Don't get me wrong. And I'm sure that would have agitated her. But like, as soon as he tells her, one, the look on her face is absolute gold. But then two, 
Like it immediately is a rain is a thunderstorm just taking up the entire room as she just sits there. Clear skies, clear skies, clear skies, clear skies. Like y'all should y'all could have waited and told her later. <laughs> but what else? Um but so this is when um uh Dolores finally like just blurts the whole thing out because this whole time, like, while we're going down the line with Peppa's side of the family, Mirabelle is like freaking out. She notices cracks on the floor and like dives to cover them up. She like tells um Mariana that he should go ahead and propose and he tries to say, I was gonna do that later, but as soon as he says gonna, she's like, Oh good, you were gonna and then like shoves him out of his seat. And the look he gives her of just absolute bewilderment, I like to think that, like, see, I at least like to think that he's hung around all of them enough that, like, he, he's gotten to know Mirabelle and the others at least a little bit. Like, I, the look on his face, I interpret as, like, Mirabelle, you're not normally like this. What's happening? <laughs> but that could also just be Yeah, me. I think so, too. But, like, and then we see the little weird lemur rat things, like, Having I having like taken all of the vision shards out of, um, <coughs> um, Augustine's pockets and like put them all together on like a tray to like, <laughs> I I think they were trying to either take it over, take them away to Bruno or take them to um, Antonio, but to one of the two of them, <laughs> but the tray ends up on the table and like. In trying to grab it, Mirabelle accidentally, like, slaps it so hard that it just slides all the way over to Alma, who, like, sees it and just loses her shit. I mean, not quite. She just doesn't allow herself to lose her shit. But that's when everything, like, finally falls apart. Like, the thunderstorm, like, starts thundering. Um, Louisa, who's just been sobbing on the floor this entire time because she was asked at the beginning of dinner to bring over a piano and hasn't been able to do that. <laughs> It's just completely given up. It start like it starts full on raining in the house. Everyone is running outside to get away from it. Meanwhile, all of their neighbors are there with a big banner that says, "Congratulations, you guys are engaged now." <laughs> um, <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. Um, Isabella like straight up tells Mirabelle, "I hate you. What have you done?" <laughs> Louisa runs by the. Yeah, she says, you've ruined my life. Louisa runs by just going, ah, I'm a loser. <laughs> Augustine and Julieta run by, like, trying to calm her down. <laughs> and fucking Alma, like, immediately goes into damage control mode. She's like, everybody, don't worry. Everything is fine. The magic is still strong. Our house is fine. Our family is fine. And then it slams the door, goes back inside, and you just hear a shout, Mirabelle! And then there's a loud clap of thunder as, like, the scene ends. And, like, just a really good transition, man. <laughs> but um, we, we go to Mirabelle, who has managed to visually follow the blues clues to see that, oh, the little rat guys are, like, going behind a painting. That's weird. <sighs> Anyway, she goes into the painting, or she goes behind the painting into the like into the walls and is like kind of just wandering for a minute, like uh, what what's going on? But like since there's a storm and it makes for dramatic lighting, like she sees just the most intimidating motherfucker in the world <laughs> standing at the end of the hallway. Except there's Bruno, and this is just the most intimidating he's ever looked, and it's unintentional. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> Bruno is nothing but a big softie. He's really good. He's just is malnourished and lack of vitamin D for like uh, yeah. He's years. super. He's super pale and not doing great. I love this little chase sequence though of like the two of them just running around inside the walls. We we get like a brief glimpse of um like a sitting area within um Peppa's room. It kind of it, uh, people have compared it to like a seaside cottage, which is kind of uh, kind of neat. I kind of that feels right for her. Like people or I've seen people online theorizing that it's like full of like weather vanes and shit like that. So like that'd be kind of cool. Um it's probably stuff to help her stay calm and cool. Uh, and then, then the whole, uh, here's a cup of tea or coffee, and it <laughs> freaks out. Yeah, I love. which, again, I love that. We don't get a lot of personality moments for Camilo. So, like, seeing him sitting there, like, trying to calm her down and, like, give her some tea for, like, a minute is just really cute. But, yeah, the <laughs> fucking Mirabelle slams into the wall and, like, knocks him down and he transforms into like five different people in the span of two seconds <laughs> um and the, uh, but then like over the course of the chase mirabelle ends up like hanging off of a ledge or whatever oh wait no hang on i'm no sorry I think she's like trying to crawl through a, a gap with like a awning or something but she slips yeah yeah, that was and it. And then the awning and it's like crying out for help. That was and it. And I then Bruno she slips. Like a handful he slips, but the chasm is just like two feet. Yeah, no, that's that's what it is. Is that like Bruno helps her up and cause that's when he comments on her hands being really sweaty. <laughs> but then some <laughs> I lose track. Somehow he ends up hanging over the side, and like she's trying to pull him back up. He but falls. then, her, do what? I think he, um, like they both end up down there, and she manages to get out, and then she has to pull him up. It's something like that. I don't quite remember, like how how it gets there, but um, she's trying to pull him up, and <laughs> fucking a rat like pops out of his sleeve, and she's like, ah. <laughs> and Bruno gives the most blood curdling scream. Like, you've been living in the walls for 10 years. He should know there's not a drop that's any amount of dangerous, but like, he screams like he thinks he's about to die. And then he just stands up, and it's like fog just coming to his knees, and he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, his and uncle the- instinct kicked in to help her, and then he's like, wait, this wasn't dangerous. Yeah. Oops. Basically. <laughs> um but and yeah so i love the fact that you meet his multiple personalities oh my god i've never been clear if like he is supposed to actually have personality or like uh dissociative identity disorder and have multiple personalities or if he's just doing that as a bit because he does kind of play it off saying like oh yeah i used to say my real gift was acting and it's like so which is it with you I yeah, don't no, know. I think it was just him being silly because he probably did that a lot when they were little. The, his nieces and nephews were little, and <laughs> and now she's just looking at him like you're crazy. Yeah, a little bit, but yeah, he um he remarks that like he he does this whole like holding his breath and like walking through a section and then knocking on wood. I really want to know what part of the house they were passing through right there because he he did that specifically right here. 
like that was passing by like Alma's room or something like that, or something that would have been like more stressful for him to walk by or something like that, I guess. Um, it could be, or it could be Isabella's room. Or maybe, I don't, well, they're not on the first floor now that I think about it, because when they finally settle, they're like right behind the kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, he, she notices that like there are a lot more cracks than she knew about. There are a lot of cracks that you can see now that you're inside the walls that have been patched up. He mentions, oh no, I'm too scared to go go near those. And those have all been patched up by Hernando. And she's like, who the fuck is Hernando? And, it's just, and she looks away and then looks back and it's just, he's got his hood up and he's like, I'm Hernando and I'm afraid of nothing. Yeah, and then he puts the bucket on his head. He puts the bucket on his head and he says, I'm Jorge, I made the spackle. And what's fucking ridiculous is at the end of the movie, later on, he's got the bucket on his head handing somebody else another bucket full of spackle. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck, dude? Um, I mean, it's just Bruno. You gotta accept Bruno as he is. He's been basically alone with rats, listening to his family do stuff without him for ten years. That'll drive anyone a little insane. I Um, mean, once you make a good bitch, you kind of have to stick with it. That's a good point, though. Yeah, he's like the embodiment of committing to the bit. Um. But yeah, we, we well, get into... Well, that's not like Wazamo straight away. He's always like that in all his parts. That's true. Man, I gotta watch more John Leguizamo stuff. The only thing I can really remember off the top of my head is um, him as Luigi in the live-action Mario Bros. movie, which is a good fucking movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I love it, too, but a lot of people hate it. I've got it I on know. DVD. It's not... But he was in um, Treasure Planet. Was he? Uh, yeah, he was one of the... Uh, or maybe he wasn't Treasure Planet. No, it was uh, Titan AE. He was in one. He oh, was the, okay. one of the little creatures. Ah, uh, okay. Anyway, though. Anyway, though, we we find he when he's also basically... in the Romeo and Juliet with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh fuck! Is he? Who does he play? Um, Tybalt. Okay, that seems right. Uh, he got stabbed with a gun. <laughs> yeah, he was the Prince of Cats. God, I fucking can't. All their guns say sword in, like, big, bold letters. It's so stupid. I love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, you know the funny thing? When that movie came out, they had a special edition that was in a hard shell plastic case. And it wasn't, oh. like, the old school Disney plastic case. That thing actually clipped together. Oh, my God. That's really good. Um, yeah, I wish I still had it. That was awesome. Oh, man. Anyway, though, we get to what he's basically made into, like, his new room. And I would have loved for... I would have given anything for Mirabelle to, like, comment, like, oh, that's where Luisa's jacket went, or something like that, you know? <laughs> because it's just so many, like, right? random odds and ends things. But that's where we get the Wally boot with the plants in it, is on a shelf in true. his room. That's true. It would be in there. Um, he shows her how he has set up these little, like, cards to do fake tv with his rats and what's i should have looked it up i don't remember exactly what it is but the one that he holds up as like a soccer game the way that that card is designed like the two guys that are playing the stuff going on in the background that is apparently referencing like a specific moment of a specific game in real world history like from an actual soccer game that happened and i should have looked it up now because i don't remember what it was but just goddamn. Yeah, I don't follow the FIFA World Cup that far back. <laughs> yeah. I only follow, like, modern. That's fair. But, um, but yeah, so, like, he also, <laughs> he also, like, shows off 
one that he's got that's a soap opera. He's like, their love could never be <laughs> because she's his mom or she's his aunt. But and but she doesn't remember that she's his aunt because she has memory loss. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> oh Isn't there like the point of Hamlet or something like that? Uh, not Ham. I, I mean, th- I mean that's just a soap opera. Yeah, that's just soap opera shit. Which like him and Dolores are like the two most dramatic motherfuckers in this entire family, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, so this is where he like basically tells her like uh, he this is where he tells her like what's been going on. Um, after Mirabel didn't get um, a superpower back when she was five, um, Alma came to him and asked him to you know have a vision, look into the future, see if there's is there anything wrong with this kid, basically. <laughs> And what he what he got was the vision that we've seen by now of Mirabelle standing in front of Casita with it all cracked and broken. But unlike you get the feeling this is un, this is different from any other vision that he has. I get I guess they're normally a lot more certain. But this one is kind of still up in the air, because if you look at it from one angle, it'll show Casita all broken. But then if you look at it from another angle, it'll be like whole. So basically the best that he's able to interpret it is that she is whether the the miracle breaks or is saved is going to come down to her but which direction it goes is still uncertain and he's he he tries to leave it there he's like so, so like sorry i know that's not much i wish i like could have seen more to tell you more and <laughs> fucking mirabelle's like then do <laughs> Oh, you wish you could have seen more? Fucking see more. Have another vision, dude. And he's like, no, I don't wanna. <laughs> he was um, too scared afterwards. Yeah, honestly, guys probably got some vision PTSD. Um, and again, yeah. this isn't like me criticizing like he without having another vision, and I don't know how specific he's able to really make his visions. He couldn't have known that this is what was gonna happen, but like he left to try, he said, uh, basically to try and, like, spare her any ill will, because, like, if anyone had seen that vision, they would have assumed the worst, and then, like, treated her like shit because of it. The problem is, and this is, again, I don't think something that he would have been able to see coming. Unfortunately, him leaving just gave everyone that impression anyway. They're like, oh, he saw something so bad that he had to leave because of it. This is all that girl's fault. So, like, I get where he was coming from. I just unfortunately don't think it helped as much as he hoped that it would. But I mean, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like he he was stuck in, in like it was a rock and a hard place situation. And really, the only thing that he could think of was just remove himself as a factor from the situation, which I I get that that is absolutely a fair reaction to have. So I'm not saying that it's like dumb of him or like bad writing or anything i just unfortunately i don't think it helped as much as he wanted it to basically (sighs) but we do see that he has set himself up a little table up against the wall where he's like drawn a dinner plate on so that he can still have dinner with his family which is the fucking the saddest thing in the world holy shit yeah it was really (sighs) sad uh but anyway, um, so she talks him into, or not, not just her, this is where Antonio shows up and is like, oh, BT-dubs, the rats told me everything. I know what's going on. 
you need to have another vision. You need a lot of space. I got a lot of space. So they. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he's like, don't eat that to the jaguar who's got his mouth over the mouse or the rat. And he's sitting I there know. like, the, the creature's like, ah. And the jaguar's like, stop midair, but, mouth over the it, animal. Like, ah. The jaguar's like, but his food is what I eat, though. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so they, they go into Antonio's room so that he can have another vision. He's set up on like kind of one of the main platforms or whatever in Antonio's tree. I love that as he's like pouring out the sand in his like to make a ring, <laughs> he stops in front of the capybara and then it just doesn't move. So he has to go around. <laughs> the capybara in this scene is really fucking because it just looks so completely unaffected by everything that's happening. Um, yeah, I love it. It's uh, it's just perfect. Yeah, and they but, they will do that too. They'll just sit there and be like, "Whatever, go around me. I'm not moving." <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so Bruno sits down to have a vision. He has this whole little setup where, like I said, he'll pour out like a border of sand. Uh, he's got a couple more piles of sand that he'll then. Uh, light candles, or I think in this case he uses leaves on, and then actually start to, like, meditate, so that all of the sand will, like, fly up, and he'll basically his vision will be, like, projected onto the wall of sand, and then I guess that's what ends up forming into the glass, which is kind of cool. Well, sand does become glass when superheated, so. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that, I guess that's basically how it works. Um... It does kind of make me wonder if he could still have visions and like see things without doing all of the sand stuff. And it's just that he's built that up in his mind as this is how it works. This is my ritual to make it happen kind of thing. But I mean, yeah, it's like neither here nor there, really. Um, Especially because they do kind of like I said, they do kind of code him as being obsessive compulsive. So I just think that it's interesting if like power wise, he doesn't need to do all of that setup that it's, like, just entirely a mental thing to get him into the right space. Plus, it, you know, gives you a convenient, like, thing that you can hold on to after the fact to be like, look, this was the vision. I saw this thing. Damn it. I dropped a, a thing that I was holding. Anyway, um, the vision this time, so far, it looks like it's the same thing happening. He is just seeing Mirabelle. He's seeing the Casita. He's seeing Casita breaking up. He sees like a couple of shots that we'll actually see later on in the movie when everything does fall apart, which is kind of cool. Um, but luckily, Mirabelle, her thing being butterflies, notices a butterfly flying around, and like they're able to kind of follow that as like a sidetrack through the vision or something like that. It's kind of weird, but um, that leads them to what will actually be the solution: is that it presents. Basically, um, her hugging Isabella in front of the in front of the candle, which shows everything getting fixed. Um, <laughs> in which, typical sibling rivalry fashion, she's like, Ugh. "Yeah, I love that." Like, because Bruno's like, "Oh, your sister, that's great," and she's just fucking furious, and he's like, oh, "Of course," and just drops the vision that it breaks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> because nothing could, none of his visions could ever be good. I know. <laughs> it's like, of course, you wouldn't be happy about hugging your sister. Oh my god, that's too much to ask. I love just the shot of the two of them like bickering at each other, like while hiding behind a big flower 
or a big potted plant like outside of Isabella's room. Like, like Bruno, how is this supposed to help? He's like, I don't know how any of this helps. This is a family miracle. How do you fix a family miracle? You hug a sister. I don't know. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, so she finally resolves. Okay, fine. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go hug my sister, even though I hate her. And somehow that's going to fix everything. He's like, great. I'll be in the walls. (laughs) <laughs> because he uh, does not he's still not ready to come out uh, one he's scared of being seen by Alma especially after this this much time he's probably he's like gotten himself convinced that she's going to be mad at him which really sucks that that's what he thinks I mean honestly if he came out now I could see her probably being mad like without everything that is about to happen here soon but you know whatevs um, but um uh, they, she does tell him that once all of this is over, I'm going to f- uh, figure a way to bring you back out for good because everyone deserves to know that you're okay, which is really sweet. Um, but she goes in, she goes in, and actually I forgot, we see three rooms because we do see Isabella's room and it's just fucking yep. covered in flowers. Flowers everywhere. <laughs> like, goddamn. of herself. Yeah. Um, Talk about narcissism. Well, it's, again, it's, I don't know if it's really narcissism, because it's, like, all imposed on her. So it's, like, her... That's how she practices her poses, her faces, and all that, that she shows the world. Exactly. I think that's, I think it's more that, is, yeah, she uses them to, like, practice, and also remind herself, like... Yeah, but with her attitude, it just, it screams narcissism. That's also true, but, like, I also think it's a little, I think that there's, like, a reminder, like, you have to look like this all the time but <laughs> but yeah so she she goes in there to try and like hug it out with Isabella Isabella's not having it obviously because she's still mad about earlier um this is where like it as they're bickering it finally comes out she didn't want to marry Mariano she was just doing that for the family um oh excuse me a- anyway as she is shouting she like accidentally subconsciously makes a cactus grow. And this is where I honestly kind of wonder if she even really fully understood what her powers were. She might have thought that it was just flowers up until now, until that cactus popped up. Because uh, the song that she breaks into is literally called What Else Can I Do? And it's because it's literally her asking the question, like, if I can do, if I can make this, like, what else do I have? What else can I do? Because, because like, the, the whole song is her just going through, like, I've, had to be prim and proper, best perfect all my life. I've had all these poses and smiles that I've had to practice all of this time. But like, what what could I make if I didn't have to be perfect? If it was okay just being me? Which like, goddamn. <laughs> um, poor Mariano gets like punched in the nose by a flower for like the second time during this song because they like on like a big tree they rise up out of her room and like up onto the ceiling or up onto the roof which is cool uh one detail that i really like is that her flower her flowery dress like gets covered in different colors of like pollen or something like that like that's just how her dress stays from now on which is really cool um yeah, because it's beautiful and it shows her inner personality. Exactly, and, and it's like it's just it's chaos too, and which is just really like it's it's chaos and it's messy, but like it's still you can tell like a really still a really nice dress because like the, like at the end of the day that is also still kind of just at this point how she is. It it just it does a really good job encapsulating all of that. 
But also, this whole song ends with them, like, falling onto a bed of flowers and her, like, flicking one at Mirabelle saying, you're a bad influence. And, y'all, if these two weren't explicitly sisters, this would be the gayest thing that I've ever seen in the Disney movie because this has strong romance vibes, like, between the two of them. <laughs> like, again, if they weren't sisters yeah, and they didn't strange have, Strange like, World kind of bypassed all that a lot further, but in Kanto definitely had that, but yeah, it's, it's a sister thing. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, for sure. Like, it's clearly established, like, these two are sisters, but, like, if Mirabelle was just some stranger that came into the family, like, and they still had this whole moment, like, that would absolutely be Makeout City if they weren't related. Like, I, I want to make, I mean, I make it clear. That's just not... how Disney is, because, like, with the first Frozen movie... Okay, also the that... The strongest, like, romantic tension is between Elsa and a Anna. Yeah, you know, you're not <laughs> wrong. Elsa and Anna, yeah. Well, I think that's one reason they did that with um, Strange World. They, they're trying to be more inclusive. Yeah. And even that was fucking too much for some people, even though it was strange world. You really didn't get a whole lot. Like, it was done realistically as a kid who has a crush on another kid. But, like, even that was fucking whatever. Anyway. Um, it was definitely a trip, but I thought it was really good. Yeah. But, um, but all yeah, my... It's a shame that it just didn't get any promotion. Yeah, it got, like, nothing in the way of advertising. I barely knew what this movie now was about before I actually saw it. It basically just went straight on to Disney Plus, for the most mm. part. Like, nobody yeah. went to the movies to see it. Yeah, like, it was... I think it was just straight to Disney Plus. I'm not quite sure. But, yeah. like I mean, we'll talk about that whenever we eventually watch it. Um, I might choose that here soon-ish coming up. I'm not sure. But, um... If you do, <laughs> let me know. I will talk about it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, if you want, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, Alma having seen all of this is furious. The girl that she has raised to be prim and proper and perfect is no longer the three Ps. She is messy and sitting on a pile of flowers that I really like as a detail that all of the flowers like die and like collapse back into the floor as Alma's like shouting at them. Just a really good like indicator how she's like just retreating back into herself like oh never mind i can't actually show that part of myself off um but alma straight up accuses mirabelle of being like a bad influence on the family and like straight up says that she's the reason that uh, that bruno left uh to which mirabelle finally has decided no enough's enough i've i've had it i'm gonna tell her off and like actually does say, like, all of this is breaking because you're putting too much stress on everybody. Luisa will never be strong enough. Um, Isabella will never be perfect enough for you. Nobody's ever good enough. You're actually the reason that Bruno left. Bruno, I really love uh, the detail that, like, because Mirabelle knows that Bruno is still around, she is talking about Bruno in the present tense. But since, as far as Alma knows, he's just gone. She talks about him in the past tense during the 16s. Uh, which is just a good detail and like showing like the difference in the knowledge that the two of them have. Um, but <laughs> she gets one last line in saying all of this is happening because or like the magic is dying because of you. And then the house falls apart. And uh, <coughs> ooh, like it's a really like it's a really cool scene of like cause, like Casita itself or herself. I'm not really sure. Um, like shoving everybody outside. Um, Antonio's door bursts open and all of the animals run out which saves us from having to wonder what would have happened to them if they had still been in the room when it collapsed 
and stopped existing. Yeah, but animals can sense that sort of thing. True. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, if somehow they hadn't gotten out, like, what would have happened if they were in the room when it stopped existing? Like, we don't have to worry about that, because all the animals got out anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's not do a fourth wall break. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, like, there's, a, like, it's honestly a really cool shot dynamically. Like, Camilo is shape-shifting, like, one body after another, like, to, to get, like, through and around debris as it's as it's collapsing, like, his face tightens and he needs to turn into a toddler so that he can, like, skid through it. And then he turns back into, like, his regular self so that he can keep running and stuff like that. Um, a door falls and almost, like, hits Antonio, but Felix, like, snatches him out of the way. Um, Casita uses, like, the floor tiles to shove everybody outside, except for Mirabel. Like, um, Mirabel straight up says, Casita, get me up there to the um, to the candle, and, like, it's it starts, like, as much as it can, throwing stuff in front of her for her to, like, climb on, but, like, at this point, like, people's doors are going out, like, and as they do, you can see their powers turn off, like, Isabella is trying to swing across on the vine, but then her door turns off, and, like, she just, the vine just disappears, and she falls to the floor. Uh, same thing with Camilo, like, he had shapeshifted into just some other villager, but then his door goes out, and it's, like, him back to being Camilo again for like a second. He even like stares at his hands like, yo, what's going on? Um, uh, but Mirabelle does manage to get to the, uh, does manage to get up to the candle and like so far in the movie throughout um, the movie itself and all of the flashbacks that we've seen, the candle has been a hundred percent intact as if it were new and you just lit it for the first time. But like now it's burned down almost to like, being completely gone. Uh, Mirabelle manages to snatch the candle, but then, like, collapses onto the floor, and you can tell that this is, like, the last gasp that Casita has, is that it, like, throws a pile of, like, furniture and stuff over her to try to protect her from the house collapsing. And then fucking, like, after everything falls apart, like, one, like, one shutter, like, Flaps itself at her before falling down. Basically, Casita just waving goodbye and like, holy shit, that broke me the first time that I noticed it happening. Yeah, <sighs> no, I I like about started crying when I first saw that. Yeah. Um. Because like, and I mean, my husband looked at me and was like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, <laughs> "No," because like, Casita's gone. Because, like, we haven't really been able to talk about it, or this episode would be even longer than it is, but, like, the stuff that we mentioned at the beginning with Casita being, like, almost just being another character, and especially interacting with Mirabelle, like, it's still been doing that all throughout, like, gesturing at thing, uh, or gesturing around and stuff like that, being being able to be part of things. But, like, now Casita, like, the I mean, the house collapsed, but that means Casita... For all intents and purposes, Casita, at least as far Casita as anyone knows, died. is dead. Yeah. And this breaks Mirabelle. She doesn't even start, like, I really like the way that it's shown. Like, she doesn't start crying. She doesn't start, like, shouting at anybody. She doesn't start complaining. She is just staring. Like, all she can do right now for, like, the next few seconds or so is just sit there and, like, stare off into the middle distance as, like, everybody else, like, you can kind of vaguely hear um, gathering themselves up around her. Like, 
if you have the subtitles on, everyone's basically just checking to make sure that they're okay. Um, and checking in, like, what, what's happening. The house collapsed. What about Antonio? Like, what's he going to do now? Stuff like that. Um, Julieta comes up basically to check on her, make sure that she's at least physically okay. And it's like, all right, stay here. I'll be right back. Because basically Julieta, like I said, I think feels like she's the one like most in charge of making sure that everybody's okay, at least after Alma. So like she took a minute to check on Mirabelle, but since Mirabelle's not talking, she'll deal with that in a minute. But Julieta basically, I think is like, we don't get to see it, but I think it's like thrown herself into making sure that everybody's okay right now. She went and got a vial of something. So I wonder if she like infused her magic into like bottles of liquid just in for emergencies or something. Oh, maybe. And I don't think I caught that. Or maybe she was going to pour, maybe had water in it. Who knows? But cause it was a colored bottle, a colored vial. So I don't know if it had um, like water in it to w- get the stuff off of Mirabelle or if, um, you know, what is in the vial. But she went and grabbed the vial and then turned around and that's when you see Mirabelle's gone. Yeah. OK, so that I didn't quite catch, but that's actually a, a really cool detail then. Um, <clears throat> as like as the house started to collapse, a crack like ran through the ground all the way through the Encanto and actually split a mountain that's off in the distance because like there's kind of been a mountain range sort of forming the border of the town, like separating it from the outside world. And so now that that border is basically broken. Um, realistically, it should have taken her longer than this, but Mirabelle gets to gets through that area pretty quickly and we just see her like sitting at or at the river that um we no we haven't had that flashback yet okay this is where we do um well, almost to be fair we're not sure 100 sure how long she was just kind of like sitting there that's also true i know she the kids like, make the comment of <clears throat> they still haven't found her yeah it's actually that's true like the movie itself probably just skipped ahead like a few hours or maybe even a day um, but also, yeah, we don't know how long she's sitting there by herself before Alma shows up. Basically, because I think Alma kind of, like, knew, oh, crap, she's probably going over there. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, this is where the two of them finally have, um, a heart-to-heart. Alma, like, I'm sure she's told everybody by now, like, the basic story of what happened. But this is where, I guess, she, like, finally tells, um... Mirabelle like in detail like what happened why I had to leave why she had to leave her original home and why she ended up losing Pedro and ultimately found the or ultimately like found the Encanto um which is all set to the song Dos Rodriguez which translates to two caterpillars which is a fucking even though I don't speak Spanish it's a beautiful song also it's been translated into English the same artist who uh, the same singer is bilingual, so he did the Spanish and English versions of it. Um, I've only listened to the English version like once or twice, not because of any bias or anything on my end, more just that like the Spanish version is like first on the album and first in the movie. So that's the one that I've listened to because it's like right there. But uh, it makes me the- cry. Every single time I yeah. start balling. Like yeah. I, wa- I rewatched Encanto again today just 
because any chance I get, I watch it. And <laughs> it literally made me start crying again. Yeah, because the, the song itself is basically like like a goodbye slash love letter to two caterpillars who like have come together and are now having to grow apart or something like that. I don't quite remember. It's been a while since I actually uh, read through the English version of the lyrics. Um, but I know the chorus is, uh, the chorus says, I Mariposa, which is, oh, butterfly, Mariposa being butterfly. Um, don't you hold on too tight and stuff like that. So it's, it's a, it's a song about letting go clearly. Um, and all of this is set to us finally getting a flashback of Alma and Pedro back when they were younger and first meeting each other. And fucking Alma looks Young Alma looked exactly like Isabella. Like, not that they're reusing the same model. Like, you can tell it's a different person. But, like, she looks so much like Isabella. Uh, which, honestly, kind of makes me wonder if maybe Julieta and or Peppa looked more like Isabella when one of them was younger. But, I mean, never get to see that, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <coughs> ooh. Um, but, yeah, so we, we see the two of them, like, meet at... So, looks like some kind of festival or something. Everyone's like gathering out in the street with little like candles and whatnot. It looks like it might be like a like a ceremony of some sort. I'm sure tied to a holiday that um, people who are Colombian are probably a lot more familiar with. Um, we see the two of them meet. It seems like it's love at first sight. Um, we basically get, like a, a whirlwind of them being together, having their own place. Her telling him, hey, guess what? We're having triplets. Him being like, holy shit, that's a lot of baby. It skips, yeah. <laughs> skips the entire pregnancy. They have the triplets. Um, and then fucking immediately war. Like, not saying that the war just started, but like is when it finally gets to their town, their hometown, I guess. And so obviously, I don't know a lot about the Thousand Days War. I think I, I meant to look that up at some point. But I mean, I know, I know at least well enough, like to be like, here's what happens when there are soldiers running through a town. It's never good. Um, it was violent. Yeah, I would, I would bet. Like the war itself, probably pretty violent. Whoever it is that's rolling through their town, I'm sure, is just ransacking and looking for su for supplies and a place to stay for the night or something like that, and being like, fuck the people that normally live here. I, I want this, this, and this. I'm gonna get it. Um, well, but they, back then, um, they ransacked towns, destroyed them because they were trying to keep people under control instead of okay, rising up. Yeah. So they um, they did a lot of damage. And unfortunately, back then, uh, women were assaulted. And um, so everyone was trying to get out of town to protect their loved ones and themselves. OK, so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, because basically the next thing that we see is Alma, Pedro, the babies, and I'm, I guess a bunch of, especially the women and children from their town, all fleeing and trying to get as far away as they can until they make it to uh, the same riverbank that we're looking at, or that um, we were at now in the modern, uh, modern, in the modern day, where basically dudes on horseback are like hot on their heels, and Pedro has decided. Like there's only like they're gonna keep coming if I'm gonna protect my wife and my kids. Like there's gonna have to be a distraction of some kind. 
And so all of all of this completely silently, by the way, like we're the only audio in this scene is I mean, aside from environmental stuff like splashing, the only audio is still Dos Rodriguez playing. But we see him say goodbye to Alma, kiss his children one last time and then turn around to try to confront the guys. Not that I think he was about to try to put up a fight. Like, I'm pretty sure he had his hands up and surrender. He had but, his hands up just trying to stop yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. Probably okay. trying to talk them into leaving. It looked like he was trying to com- like, compel to to the humanity. Yeah, like there are women and children. Please don't hurt my kids. Unfortunately, from Alma's reaction, I <laughs> you can kind of piece together the that um, it it doesn't work. Um, I assume this part is dramatized a little bit because I don't think that she like sat the candle down and it immediately just blew everybody away. But that could also just be what happens. But um, the point is that I think there are people who like headcanon that the miracle and Casita are like kind of Pedro's soul to some degree. I don't think it's quite that, but his sacrifice does seem to be the catalyst of what brought it about. Basically, his desire for his wife and his kids to have somewhere that they would be safe causes um, the miracle to form around that candle that they had been carrying and then form the entire Encanto around it. Um, but we we break out of that scene with uh, the two of them finally having... Dur- basically, during the flashback, probably having finally uh, talked to each other. Uh, Mirabelle basically says, I've been wrong about you this whole time. I thought you were just a jerk, but I see now that you've also been suffering. And I like that the movie doesn't just leave it there. Alma also says her piece, which is that she asked Pedro for guidance, and he sent her Mar- uh, and he sent her Maribel. She just couldn't see that. Or couldn't let her see that beforehand, but then now she does. And they hug, and then fucking the chorus of Dos Rodriguez plays again. And then Alma's crying, and Maribel's crying, and I'm crying. But then luckily, and then Bruno shows up. Do what? And then Bruno shows up. Yes, luckily, Comic Relief Uncle shows On up. On horse. <laughs> Do what? <laughs> Oh, on yeah. a horse. On a horse, yeah. He, he can't control really well. <laughs> no, at all. Boy doesn't know how to ride a horse. Um, but yeah, he comes riding out of the bushes saying, she didn't do this. It was all me. I gave her a vision. <laughs> I was like, go. And she was like, <laughs> and like finally tells his mom off. He's like, and if you can't see that, then you're no good or something like that. She gets He gets cut off from what he was saying because she just starts crying and hugs him. And he's like, I feel like I missed something. <laughs> um but yeah, they, they all get they all get on the horse. Ugh. They all get on the giant hand monster and ride back into town. Um the the three kids from the beginning of the movie are the ones that notice them coming back into town. One of the little girls like steals pumps uh coffee cup and just starts like banging it to like act like a bell. a bell she puts yeah. her spoon in it and starts ringing it yeah which is really good um she's like trap i need something you give me your coffee cup and he's like but i need this <laughs> um but the, uh, they so everyone else is still still kind of looking around um the ruins of casita like i said we do get some shots of all of like i said way back at the beginning of this episode 
we do get some shots of all of them looking around in the, the forest trying to find her. That's where, uh, like I said, um, Dolores is so used to he- hearing for things that she's still like cupping her hand to her ear. Like, let me see if I can hear her, which is, again, a good detail right up there with having her cover her ears when it gets loud. <sighs> um, holy shit. We, but uh, we we finally get like they they find Mirabelle. She's back, Alma's back. They're on a horse. Ugh. Um, we we get one last song. Uh, basically, the acting like uh, acting in place of Alma, like coming out and telling them, "Hey, I was wrong this whole time, and I'm so sorry. I should have realized." You, my family, are the real gift, not some magic miracle thing. Uh, in the middle of it, Bruno walks in and fucking the look on Peppa and especially Julieta's faces, like, they're fucking floored. They honestly probably thought he was dead. And just seeing him just walk up is, like, more than either of them can take. And, like, you can see them hesitate for, like, a minute before they run in and hug him. And it's also here that I'll point out the subtitles used to be really fucked up on this song and probably in a few other spots, but I mainly remember it here. Uh, it was like a little while before Disney actually fixed the subtitling on it. Um, when the rest of the town comes in, uh, the line that they actually say is, lay down your load, we are only down the road. <laughs> Fucking the subtitles used to say, lay down your load, roll me, da- roll me down the road. <laughs> which like what the which like what the fuck does that mean? That's nothing. Um the other mistake on it or the the two other mistakes for this song in particular were um when Camila says, So we gonna talk about Bruno and um and then Antonio says, That's Bruno. It had a question mark there, like he was asking Camilo, that's Bruno? which no that's not how he delivers that line that's not how he says it at all and then the other big one is um uh well first off we get him like coming up to peppa being like hey sis sorry i didn't mean to freak you out back on your wedding day i was just trying to say that i could see you were sweating and i wanted you to know that your bro loves you so let it in let it out let it rain let it snow let it go which fuck you disney on that one but yep, brought you back to Frozen. Oh my god. They're never gonna escape it. They don't want to either, but the the next they, line we though. Finally, we finally got away from Let It Go. No. Not you thought. <laughs> they'll they'll keep finding ways to make references, I'm sure. But um <laughs> Oh my god. Ooh. But uh, his next line to Julieta is him saying, I got uh, I got a lot of apologies that I should say that I got to say her saying we're just happy that you're here. OK. Um, and then Peppa and Julieta hug him and say, come back in or come into the light. And then um, Augustine, who's like covered in bee stings again, because fuck it, I guess, <laughs> um, hops yeah, up behind he him was looking for his daughter and got found bees again. Yeah, I love when he walks up to her. He's like, there were bees everywhere. And then she just pats him. He's like, I'll be okay. <laughs> but um, when when he hops up behind them, his line is, the triplets all reunite. But for some reason, the subtitles had that as, the trip was only a night. <laughs> Which I, 
I can still see kind of working. Like, he's like, oh, dude, don't even worry. You were gone 10 years? Fuck it. It was yesterday. You weren't gone at all. We loved you so much. But it's also like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they have that whole big song. They rebuild Casita, which is really cool. Um, because now that... I assume that means that everyone actually built their own room or built themselves rooms now. But then also once the magic turns back on, those rooms just turn back into probably what they used to be before. I don't know. Um, right. There's a really, a really good detail of um, when Isabella is saying like she needs sunlight and fertilizer now to make plants grow. And then like all three of the sisters like plant or in like a big planter set down a cactus the one that Mirabelle sets down is the same cactus that um, Isabella accidentally made pop up at the beginning of What Else Can I Do? Or at least it's the same model. I don't know if it's with everything falling apart. I don't know if it's supposed to literally be the same one, but it's at least the same like asset or whatever so that it looks the same, uh, which is cool. But um, <laughs> fucking they take a minute to like set Dolores and Mariano up and they, you can tell because, like, off to the side, it shows both Mirabelle and Isabella just go, yes, and then high five. So, like, this was intentional. Mariana is not just some asshole that, like, bounced around from one girl to another. Like, they broke up, had a conversation, and then she was like, hey, but I can set you up with my cousin who actually really does like you. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Dolores? Do what? Oh, yeah. Have you met Dolores? Uh, yeah, have you met my cousin Dolores? It's just, it's a good lie. <laughs> when, and then Dolores just popping up like a fucking meerkat, like, hello! Yeah, she's like, I'll take it from you. <laughs> yeah, just hip slaps her out of the way. Um, but yeah, so they're they're rebuilding the house. Um, one, I don't know if this was like them carrying this over as a detail or what, but um, the way that they draw out the border is by having someone like lay down a line of sand. And it's Bruno doing that as like, I at least took it as a callback to him, like laying down his line of sand whenever he's having a vision. I don't know if that part's intentional or not. Okay, good. Yeah. But then we also see him with the fucking bucket on his head, handing somebody some spackle. So like, you know, it could be anything. God. Uh, But, um, but yeah, the house, so we, we skip ahead to when the house is like done being built, which I'm sure took like a good few days, probably must've, um, Somewhere during all of this time, I like to think that this was specifically just Antonio and Bruno working on this because it's a really cute image for me to imagine it that way. Uh, but they hand Maribel a doorknob and they're like, hey, there's one last thing that we need to do. The front door needs a doorknob. We made this one for you. And it is modeled after the doorknobs that are on all of their rooms that have the first letter of everybody's name carved into it. So this one has a big M for Mirabelle. Conveniently, also in for Madrigal, because of course. <laughs> but the moment that she that is like, so sweet. It really is because, like, the moment that she clicks the doorknob into place, that's when all of the magic comes back. There's like a whole big rush of like pixie dust throughout the town, and like going back up over Casita, and then what we saw in the flashback when everything first formed the first time, and Alma was standing there holding the babies is that it, like, waved a shutter at her, and then she kind of waved at it. We see, um... <laughs> basically, that same thing happens. It waves at Mirabelle, and then Mirabelle's like, Hello, Casita. 
And then that's where it just, and then that's where it, where it ends. And it's, it's, it's a good movie. Well, everybody goes in and checks it out. <laughs> um, and, you know, like enjoys being a family. Yeah. And that's where we see Thor turn, shows a picture of everyone with Mirabelle front and center right in the middle. Right, yeah, no, you're right. That's not quite where the movie ends. They all have like a big fucking party set to um, Columbia Me Encanto. Um, mm-hmm. As like uh, Felix and Peppa are dancing with her, like creating a little mini hailstorm, which seems like it would be inconvenient, but you know, whatevs. Um, oh, yeah, no, the hailstorm was to give uh, Louisa ice for her margarita or oh, uh, whatever drink okay. she was drinking out of a coconut. Okay, I thought she had it over herself and Felix because I was like, that would hurt. That would not be fun for dancing. Never mind. No, that makes a lot more sense. That and and she's trying to let everything out too, like okay. um, Bruno was telling her to. So she was embracing who she was and her powers and everything instead of suppressing it. Okay, and but so we... she created this ice storm, which um, gave her niece ice for her drink, and yeah. then it just kept on from there. Yeah, because literally a donkey comes over that Antonio's riding on, and, like, there's a lot of hip-slapping in this movie, which I hadn't picked up on before, but, like, the donkey, the donkey like, hip-slaps hip her, and she, like, trips and lands into a hammock, and then they, like, give her a coconut drink, and she's like, hell yeah! Exactly. <laughs> it's hilarious. Those uh, one that love I love her. I swear they got out just because they love her. Wait, do what? Who? I swear those donkeys got out just because oh, the don- they love Louisa. I heard the puppies. I was like, what puppies? What are you talking about? Okay, the donkeys. That makes more sense. Uh, we see Isabella off to the side like with like two big pollen packets, just throwing them down like smoke bombs and then walking through and getting her dress all dirty again. But it's like, yeah, of course, it it's in a way that still... color-coded the way she wants it. Yeah, exactly. But like, again, of course, it's still in like a way that ends up looking cute because fuck it. <laughs> Um, so, um, Dolores, I'm sure, is probably wearing earmuffs. You don't actually get to really see her and Camilo during this last scene, I don't think. But, you know? Uh, but yeah, yeah then, uh, but yeah, then everybody gathers back together for, like, one last big family picture. Antonio is riding on his, uh, leopard. Jaguar, sorry. Jaguar. Yeah. He's, Antonio's riding on his jaguar. Everyone's, like, scooched in together. Um, one of the mice is operating the camera. Sure, fuck it, why not? <laughs> but then, like, Casita, like, raises up a bunch of floor tiles to just shove everybody together right as the picture gets taken. And, like, that's where it ends, and it's really cute. This is going to probably be our longest episode. Holy shit. Do what? Especially if you keep the bits where I'm reading off of Wikipedia. I'm gonna. You know I'm gonna. <laughs> um, but anyway, questions time. Yeah, questions. Uh, we never have any on um, on Twitter, so we don't gotta worry about that. Uh, like back when we first started recording, Kat posted a picture of Haley uh, with who I assume must be one of her teachers. Um, congrats to Haley when you're listening to this. I know it'll, you know, be days after your actual graduation, but congratulations again. We're all proud of you. Mm-hmm. Um, congrats but- on being an ace attorney. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Haley. We're all proud of you. God damn it. Beer. 
<laughs> okay, I'm good. The Ace Attorney thing broke me for a second. Um, but yeah, so hopping into the mailbag channel on Discord. Um, the first one that we have is from Yusuf, still going by um, Heat. Well, the first one is Deep Sea going, hmm. Okay, that's fair. The first one is Deep Sea going, hmm. But then the first question is, uh, he did what in his cup? <laughs> With, uh, what's your favorite song from the movie? And honestly, I don't know. They're all pretty good. Like, pretty much every song in this movie slaps. But mm. I think I gotta go Dos Odeguitas, at least for right now. Just because, goddamn, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, um, my favorite is, we don't talk about Bruno. It gets stuck in your head. It's catchy. And it's so much fun. Yeah, that's also fair. Like any, like I would not be disappointed in any selection from this movie. Uh, whatever anybody says is their favorite song. Yeah, I guess to spread hit out the answers, I'll say "Service Pressure." Ooh, that is a good don't. one. <laughs> ah, yeah, the whole soundtrack is great. It's hard to pick. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Deep Sea. Oh crap! I uh, uh, this was after I posted the at everybody when we started recording. Uh, Deep Sea coming in with oh crap! I uh, um, what's your familial superpower? Who lives in your walls? Uh, first off, hopefully nobody's living in my walls. Uh, <laughs> There's not enough room in my walls. <laughs> um, f- familial superpower. I don't know. Like if we're talking about like. Stuff like in this, I don't know. If we go the classical route like they did with the family in um, The Incredibles, then still being the dad of the family, I would probably just generically have super strength. What I would like would be some kind of like sonic snapping and be able to like do finger guns and create sonic booms or some shit. That would be funny. You would want to be Sonic Boom. There we go. Literally named Sonic Boom. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, I would I would like to have one of those amazing minds that can remember and learn anything at the drop of a hat. Like so you could do anything. I think Ow. I would like Ow. Basically the Avatar's franchise of waterbending. Ooh, that would be good. The waterbending is un unironically a pretty good pattern. Or Jojo's Bizarre Adventures. Hamon. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Hamon is neat. Uh, Spin, I assume, is also probably cool, but I haven't gotten that far. But Hamon is really cool. Both for the not for the whole cool combat situations, but because they just both make you very healthy. That's true. Magical sunlight breathing, dude. Mm-hmm. And water bending, you just soak in a tub of water and you basically can keep yourself hydrated and heal any runes. This is true. We've seen this if with I Katara. If I knew somebody who could waterbend, I'd be looking at him going, okay, um, increase the amount of water in my body so I'm no longer dehydrated constantly. <laughs> <laughs> that is your job just to stop me from having to drink so much water. I'm a fish. And I'm like, alright. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to lay in this bathtub for like two days. <laughs> but uh, human skin cannot handle that. It'll start to slough off if you're in water oh, too long. Oh shit! That's right. I forgot about but that. That's the water bending, keeping you not doing that. Sure. Okay. Oh god. Also, uh, 
No one could be in these walls on my end. Go ahead, Beer. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, <sighs> I think there's a slight delay on my end. Um, the only thing that's in my walls right now at home are mice. And we are I mean, trying to get rid of them. Because I live out in the middle of the country. And uh, yeah. they decided, oh, this looks like a good place. Yeah, that'll happen. You'll get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean... and the animals are completely useless right now. Because <laughs> the mice aren't coming out where they could get to them. So we had to, uh, you know, seal up holes and stuff. Yeah. Um, Aurora Borealis mm. currently posting as don't talk about Aurora. <laughs> uh, first question. Does it all fade to rats? Yes, it does. Uh, yes. Second. What's the weakest song in the movie? I don't know. I don't um, think there is a weak song in that movie. I mean, if I had to choose, it might be Maribel's I Want song. Just yeah. because this, maybe it's because it's a part of a movie that I end up usually skipping because I get anxiety. <laughs> that but oh shit! That's I sometimes fair. forget about that song. Yeah, if we had to pick a weakest, I I guess I would go with either that or the Family Madrigal, just because like that is very much like the opening credits of like a TV show, unless like the beginning of a movie. Like it still works; it's still fun. But like if we, if I have to pick a weakest probably be one of those two um i really could, couldn't pick a weakest, so i'd have to go with whatever you guys say there you go uh <laughs> third question could luisa beat goku i would like to say yes but um, goku would pull something out of his ass up sure. my anime glasses uh-oh this like um, depend. are they going full force like both like <laughs> is this a death battle if it's a death battle, battle goku death. would I'm sure or if it's like a win. friendly spar. And also, I'm assuming we're going by Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. Where Goku can go Ultra Instinct and it's on the level <laughs> fighting gods. Yeah, if we're doing that, then yeah, Goku wins. <laughs> like, Goku, Goku would win no matter what, because even child Goku was stronger. That's actually, that's a good point. Like, even back when he was just a dumb kid. Even before he got Super Saiyan 1. If if he was just basic, basic, no, he would win. Even if he just had Kaioken. Then she would probably have a chance, because Goku has gone in multiple sparring fights where he, like, put himself down onto his opponent's level so that they both could get a good fight. Yeah, if to it's that, honest, then yeah. I mean, that's what he did between him and Vegeta um, on Beerus's planet mm-hmm. when during the new uh, Super Saiyan or like the Super Saiyan movie, Super or yeah, whatever. Superhero. Yeah, because they they were fighting, they were sparring each other. Who would win? Mm-hmm. It took forever, and then finally, <laughs> he just let Vegeta win. But it's the first time ever Vegeta has won, so he just mm-hmm. let him have it. And the only reason we know that is because he does this little smirk thing at the end. Mm-hmm. I think the cord for my phone charger has finally crapped out. No, oh, mine's trying to. Oh, well, I've got another one out in my car. I'll just run and grab that after we're done. I've got like, I've still got a bit. Uh, Deep Sea, what do you think of the community obligation versus familial love things? I mean, it works for me. It's good. 
Like that's that is the thing though. Like I I wish that this had more time. Like if it were a miniseries for that to really be explored. Like we get told that they like that's my like I said, my one complaint with the movie is that it is kind of rushed. Like we get told that they have social obligations. Like we see that like one time with Louisa, but I would like to see more time spent with like everybody for that. Which if we had like multiple 45 minute long episodes, you could do that. You know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I really think they need to turn it into a TV series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Don't talk about Aurora. Please give me your best Camilo shape-shifting powers can be used to help people. Or your best reason. I mean, honestly, we've seen that. Like, I've seen people online be like, oh, if they ever got attacked, he could, like, infiltrate the enemy and, like, cause chaos within the ranks. And it's like, y'all gotta remember, he's 15. <laughs> That's asking a lot. Yes, I'm pretty sure it's just like, hey, when a parent in town is like, hey, I need a babysitter, but I don't want my baby to cry because I'm not there. Yeah, so stuff like yeah. that. Did you just shapeshift uh, into me? So. Or like at the beginning of the movie when um, Alma was like, Camila, we need another Jose to help hold up the sign. And he was like, you got it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but think about it though. How many teenagers, especially nowadays, would be like, let's do this? And way <laughs> back when in medieval times, 15 year olds were married. So, because the life expectancy wasn't as long. So, technically, well, he <laughs> could be go into battle and stuff like that. That's too. true. That's true, I guess. But yeah, because uh, she says. It's like, good to note that life expectancy was like the average was so low because of. A whole bunch of babies dying. Yeah, that, that is actually true. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily that uncommon. Black plague, bunch of other plagues. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, those two. Small but like pox. It, all like sorts it, of stuff was causing people to die in the Middle Ages. Bad yeah. health, bad hygiene. But like, yeah, stuff like that threw off the curve, though. Like, there were people who like routinely lived into like their fifties and stuff. Why are these two tomato halves oh, such also do the seventies? I don't think these are the same tomato. Anyway, sorry, I found two <laughs> halves of plastic tomato that, like, I thought go together, but maybe they don't. Anyway, uh, <laughs> can you tell I'm recording in my kids' room? Oh, well, here's another one. Shit. Anyway, anyway sorry. Um, <laughs> Deep Sea, how would you design an Encanto attraction for the parks? I have talked about this to Julie multiple times because the Tiki Room, I feel like, is old enough now that it should be retired. Partly because the themes to it are... Their theming on it is honestly sort of cringe at this point. But also because, like, half of the robots in there are, like, falling apart to varying degrees. Oh my god, they've been falling apart since I was a kid. I have been going to Disneyland since I was little because I'm from Anaheim. Yeah. And, like... The tiki room has been falling apart for years, and like the animatronics is scaring people. But yeah, exactly. I'm so like, used to it since I was a kid that I'm the stupid idiot adult over there singing along and dancing with it. I mean, that's also fair. It's so fun show. But yeah, like my mom's family is from like the San Pedro area, so she she's been to Disneyland a million times. Every time we go out there to visit uh, that side of the family, we go to Disneyland. So like, it's been falling apart for fucking ever. But 
Oh, I think yeah. you could. It's been keep... falling apart since the '80s. I think it went in in like the '60s or '70s. So yeah. it really would be a perfect way to transition it to a more modern setting. Would be in Kanto. Exactly. Like you could still keep up the same thing of like you're like just wandering in off the street to hang out, have a cast member in there dressed as Mirabelle. There, Mar- Maribel, and maybe even a couple of the others coming in every now and then. Retool all of the animatronics to be like animals that Antonio hangs out with, or like sections of Casita doing stuff. And like it would take minimal effort, and I think would be really fun. I agree. Yeah. But then also. Uh, don't talk about Aurora. It's mostly just these two, Deep Sea and Aurora. <coughs> Ooh. What cartoon house do you want to live in? Oh, man, I don't know. Let's say your wealthy cartoon uncle is paying rent and utilities for you. Okay, so if I don't have to worry about the utilities and stuff, I still don't know. <laughs> let, let me see. Famous cartoon houses. Famous cartoon houses. Yeah, but only two that I can think of besides Encanto is um, Foster's Home of Imaginary Friends and Monster House. Yeah. And- oh, no, not Monster House. No, absolutely not Monster House. Uh, the house yeah, from King of the Hill. There's only two cartoon maybe. houses I can think of. I don't think I either of them would be good to, to live in. Yeah. Um, yeah, the house from to Foster's home would probably be the best choice because, but even <laughs> then, it's kind of like you probably get no rest. Or or house with a clock in its walls. Yeah, um, the house from King of the Hill would probably be all right because that's mm. just the house. I mean, it'd be in Texas, yeah. so there's that, I guess. But like, um, the Proud Family House. Yeah, they do have a nice house. Um, the Pickles household oh. in Rugrats. Yeah, what they... about the uh, Bell's Castle? What? Who's what about that? Bell's Castle from? Oh, Beauty Bell's the Castle. Beast? I heard Bottles Castle somehow, and I was like, "Who the fuck is Bottles? Do you mean the guy from uh, Benjo Kazooie?" I mean, that counts as a house, and sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she lives in it, so that's got to be a house, right? Yeah, sure. Or I guess there's always I the want... option of a pineapple under the sea. Yep. Nah, nah, well, I mean, nah, would nah. you be able to? Uh, would you be given the ability to breathe underwater, though? I'm assuming no, which means that I would die. So that house is a no for me, dog. Ah, uh, that leaves out Atlantis then. Yeah. Or wherever the hell Ariel lives. Uh, is this There's the option of being one of Zim's neighbors from Invader Zim, in which case you probably have like. His giant hideous pipes running through your face. Like I'm very sure we saw yeah. sure we saw with one of his neighbors. As much as I love Gur, I do not want to live next door to Zim. No. Oh my god, I forgot about the yeah. I Heart Earth sign that he has in his front yard. Holy shit. Yeah, no. I love Gur. Like absolutely love Gur. Like my yeah, he's fun. He's a good guy. He's a good um, kid. My I have a pop socket that's pigs, you know, stuff like that. But I am not living next to Zim. No, absolutely not. Fuck that. Uh, <coughs> ooh. Uh, what's your secret shame slash frustration that made you hide in the walls? Probably like a really bad part. I just didn't want to like take credit for, so I ran and hid. Mm-hmm. Like, 
not being able to control my um, emotions during puberty. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. There we go. Uh, uh, what's your favorite rat version of a TV show? I I don't know if I want to fall down that rabbit hole. Big fan of Did Big Cheese. Rat version of a TV show. Yeah. That's don't talk about Aurora coming in with. What's your favorite rat version of a TV show? And then saying she's a big fan oh. of Big Cheese Theory. Well, mine is Star Rats, which replaces all the cat people with rat people. I don't know. Street Sharks as as rats might be interesting. Street Rats. Wait, that's just Aladdin. Yeah, true. <laughs> Technicality is nuts. I don't buy that. Technicality. Now it's a show about Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can you imagine gargoyles as uh <laughs> Oh god as rats? No. TMNT or T TMNR Teenage Mutant Ninja Rats. Oh wait, that would just be a okay, prequel series. If that's about the case, Splinter. what would uh what would Master Splinter be? Because he's already be, a rat. <laughs> Splinter would be a turtle. <laughs> just completely mm-hmm. reversed. <laughs> Or Teenage Mutant Ninja Rats is a prequel series about Splinter and I guess some other rats that he would have known when he was younger. Wait. Um, well, it depends on if we're going, going which Kung background we're going. What, what? 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 Echo. Oh, who was the master from Kung Fu Panda? A turtle. Oh, yeah, I guess it was. I never yeah. saw Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, he was uh, Master Wigoo or something like that. But anyway. He was a turtle, so he could uh, Splinter could be him. There you go. Uh, let me see. Deep Sea. What's the relationship between the Amityville Horror House and the Encanto House? That is the black sheep of the house family that we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. And that house is full of ghosts instead of just being um, a thing itself. So no. Oh yeah, that's true. Also, one's based off of a. A true tra- well, real life tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, there is that. Uh, what would your house be like if it lived uh, stressed, constantly uh, begging, constantly begging me to have the kids like stop hitting the walls and me being like, "Dude, I'm trying. I'm so sorry." Because Grayson will do that. He'll either run around and slam into the walls, or he'll just take his toys and like hit the walls, and it's like. I have told you to stop so many times. Mine would be depressed and want me to set it on fire. I'm betrayed that I live in would maybe de- be depressed, but <laughs> mostly because of how, like, it doesn't really have any problems, but also traitors tend to be, tend to have a habit of not being made. He's under code. You know, they, Loopholes. So. That's a good point, actually. Uh, who would uh, voice still DC? Who would, who would who did you cast your voice for House if it spoke? Uh, I don't oh, know. Um, for Encanto or for any house that spoke? I would say for Casita. Yeah, I think for it's Casita? um. Gosh, what is his name? I want to call him Machete, but I don't know if that's actually what he's called. The guy oh, who shit. voices Boots in the live-action Dorothy Explorer movie. 
I oh, don't... you're talking about Antonio Banderas. Yes. Wait, Antonio Banderas voices Boots? Yeah, uh-huh. he plays Boots from uh, Shrek and Puss in Boots. No, 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 um, no. In Boots the Dora the Explorer. Dora the Explorer from live-action movie. Oh, I don't know. Oh, fuck, he Danny Trejo. Kids. Yeah, that well, was, so his name is... Bandera, so I don't... No, his name yeah, is Danny Trejo. Sp- like, Spike is free, and I think he was introduced as Machete. Yeah. Oh, that is Machete. Yeah, it, every character that he plays is usually, like, usually, not, not 100%, but, like, most characters that he plays are, like, named for, like, bladed weapons of some kind, like machetes, knives, shit like that. Uh, his, yeah, the guy's, his last name is, like, something Tarantino, I think. No, his name is Danny Trejo. Danny yeah. Trejo, yeah. Yeah, and actually, from what I hear, I think he, I think I've heard he's actually a really nice guy in real life, which is just really funny, like, considering how he always yeah, plays, like, these really tough like, dudes. such bad guys and, like, mafia, yeah. except for in, like, really silly movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Delta Farce. Oh, yeah, I don't think I ever saw that. Yeah, I picked him to be the voice of Encanto. My my gut reaction was Alan Tudyk, just because like he seems like he's becoming like the Disney version of how. Um... Ah, I forgot the actor's name. Damn it! Hang on a sec. This is gonna bug me. I think if I was gonna say someone to voice a house, John Ratzenberger. How like John Ratzenberger is in like most Pixar movies, they seem to be moving away from that probably because he's so old. But it looks like Alan Tudyk is becoming that for uh, for Disney movies. I'm thinking um, someone like oh shit, he was Alan Enrique Baird. Iglesias or or Mark Anthony or somebody. Mm-hmm. Honestly, John Leguizamo just doing a different voice would have been really funny. That would have been perfect. Although they they call it Casita, so let's let's think actresses. Yeah, if it's Casita, it's a female. Latin American. Shakira. She's already done uh, Zootopia. Oh, that's true. I mean, I think she's Brazilian, but it's still it's still South America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd still work. I feel bad. I don't know like very many Latina actresses. Um, Honestly, yeah. I can't think of very many that would really work. Yeah. Um, Shakira would put her heart and soul into it. That is true. Um, if we, does I only picked a masculine tough guy character? I guess I'll go with um the lady who was in like James Cameron Avatar, who's like the pilot. Oh fuck. Ah shit, what is her name? Oh I can... yeah, the girl who plays Letty. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I was like she's in Lost as well. She's also in Resident Evil. Oh yeah. she is, that's right. Yeah, she uh... usually plays like Michelle Rodriguez—that's her name. Yeah, or just in your face, I'll whoop your ass, characters. Yeah, but yeah, uh, so Michelle Rodriguez—that's her name. Because I like the contrast of someone who sounds extremely tough, but they're just very kind-hearted. Right, that's fair. Um, so yeah, so there we go. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez—that's our pick. Uh, but about what's the needless deep lore behind the candle parentheses make something up? I don't fucking know. They, like, probably bought it for, like, their wedding or something like that. No, it was it's a... made it was out of What a what? It was a hurricane candle that they had in their lantern to help guide the way because they lasted longer. Oh. 
Wait, what's a hurricane candle? Um, they're big and fat. Um, oh. we oh, we call them in... or um, oh, I forget. But they're they're big and fat, and they um they burn slowly, but they give up quite a bit of light. Oh, okay. Typically, you have to have them in something that's sealed to keep them from burning out from the wind. I mean, um, and that's the it, that's where the lantern comes in because it's usually a hurricane lamp. Okay. And but those are the candles that you put in them. Oh, well, that's neat. Then yeah, there you go. Oh fuck yeah, that's right. They were using it to light their way as they were escaping the fucking soldier guys. Honestly, probably mercenaries. Uh, who deserved a song but didn't get one? Um, Julieta. Honestly, have you heard a defense song for um for? I think it's Dolores, the one who has super hearing. No, I don't think I've heard that one. Dolores getting a song would have been neat, though. Or Camilo. Yeah. Ooh, Camilo getting a song could have been fun, because he could have been, like, you know, transforming into different people throughout it or something. Yeah, I agree. That would have been good. Especially if we're talking about the earlier version of this, where, like, Camilo was supposed to have been, like, Loki a bad guy or something like that. Yes, we get a, a picture or a, a little bit of an idea of that when we see him transform into Bruno. Well, yeah, but it, like he wasn't going to be like a straight up villain. But like apparently there was an earlier version of the script where I guess like he and Mirabelle didn't get along. So he was like being antagonistic toward her throughout the movie or something like that. Well, he's her cousin. He probably picked on her. Yeah. Yeah, the first that song that I was talking about is called Turn It Down and it's by... The YouTuber Oreo. <laughs> Oreo. I'll put it in the ma- Masketeers thread just a second. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Bless you. Ah, excuse me. Anyway, um, <laughs> Deep Sea's next question. What would cause you to banish someone to live with the rats? <laughs> Honestly, anything. I don't know, because that's funny. Like, I don't know if I would banish someone to live with the rats, but to, like, spend the night with the rats for sure. Just because it's funny. If they're, like, you know, friendly cartoon rats. Friendly cartoon rats, sure, but real rats, that's torture. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. No, 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 no. Well, rats are actually very clean animals. There's yeah, that, I guess. but... And I, very and intelligent. holding rats and, like, pets, the pet store rats and stuff, but wild rats, you don't know what they have, and you're, like... Uh, the fleas that came on you created the black plague. No, thank you. <laughs> there is that. And then when you move, for some reason, I squeal like a stupid girl. <laughs> I mean, I am a girl, but <laughs> but like a dumb one though. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Um. Next question: Who in the podcast would cause the podcast house to collapse? I, I don't know. No, none of Me. us, because we don't have generations of trauma at, on each other. Me. I mean, Me. or that we have generations of trauma, but they're personal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Echo, so that she's calling dibs. So on the Echo is all of us. It's just whoever the time bomb goes off first. Yeah, there's enough chaos with us that we can do it. Uh, pitch me one uh, direct to theater sequel, one to streaming. Uh, one directed DVD sequel for Encanto that can be separate or connected. Uh, no, I'm sorry, but no, I'm not about to sit here and invent okay. like three different movies. Well, I will because God. I will play along with this. Theater <laughs> uh, sequel, they go with a plot where Amelia, uh, 
Melville and Omnia have to go through out of this town into the greater Columbia area. Well, countryside. There you go. To find a thing. There's a theatrical sequel, the director streaming sequel. <laughs> it is a kind of like, um, it's probably like the something similar, but it's probably going to be following in maybe Dolores or uh, Isabel. Since it's the streaming one, it's probably going to be Isabel finding a man. The directed DVD sequel it is a anthology movie of the three pilot episodes that was originally going to be for the Encanto TV series before it got cancelled. There we go. Yeah, I was about to say the DVD one can be like one of those things where it's like this is clearly just like just three this, episodes of a show. Just like the sequel to Atlantis. Yeah, or um the second Cinderella movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or all of the uh, sequels to Beauty and the Beast. Honestly, yeah. Well, I think the Christmas one was it's one single story. No, you're right. That one was. The other one though, what was it? Like Bell's Enchanted World or some shit. And no. I think there was just like multiple episodes from the TV series. Yeah. I think there was a TV series. Similar to the Tarzan one, just being like his three episodes from the TV series with yeah. some new stuff in between to connect it all. Honestly, uh. I like the TV series that they made off of the animated movies. Mm-hmm. I used to watch Little Mermaid, Tarzan, oh, right. Aladdin, all that. I think I caught a few I episodes of Hercules, but otherwise I don't think I really knew about any of them. Or I knew of them, yeah. but like, never watched any. I was a hermit at home. I was supposed to be homeschooled, so I basically watched TV a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let me see. Yeah, Next, Everyone thinks that would be great, but no. Best CGI princess, or best CGI Disney princess? I, I don't really know. Um, movie-wise, Fair I think... Enough. Well, okay. Movie-wise, I think Tangled is my favorite of the CGI mm. princess movies. So I guess Rapunzel. Plus, plus, I like her hair at the end. It's cute. Yeah. Either uh, Rapunzel or... <laughs> or... I forget... I forget her name, but the main character of Brave. That's Merida. That's Merida. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luca or Encanto or Turning Red? I don't know. They're all... They're all good. Encanto and Turning Red. Luca's okay, but it's not my favorite. I haven't seen Honestly, Luca, so I can't... I can only answer between two of these movies. So. That's fair. <laughs> no, maybe you guys should do that one next. Is that Cat's Choice? No. No. <laughs> That's why I said you guys. I mean, I already know what my choice is going to be, but... I'll go. say that for next time. I usually just do whatever I feel like. I'm. I might do a decom for my next pick. You might do a what? A decom, a Disney Channel original movie. Oh, because we've only covered like a. Well, Moon. I thought you said document, like a. Like he's trying to say like a shorter version of documentary. Oh no! <laughs> Are you going to call me? Xenon and Xenon the sequel. What? No, I'm, don't know if I'm going to do Xenon. Because I don't think I've ever watched those. 
I don't like actively think about Oh my god, that was my thing back then. I still remember the stupid song from the original Xenon movie. The only thing I remember off the top of my head since Xenon is like one commercial where she where it had her saying like Zetus Lapidus or some shit, and me just thinking that was the yeah, funniest that was thing. Yeah, big thing. Yeah, because but, but I guess to answer this question for me, <laughs> I'm going to choose Encanto because Turning Red is good. It just this spot hits my anxiety That's way fair. too much. That's super fair. Yeah, solely fair. Also, I do I do like Luca. Overall, it's pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, da, 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 what well, other Disney I animated? It, I just don't like it that much. That's fair. I mean, that's also fair. Like it's I it's not it. it's not for everybody, but I I, I like it. All right, it's good. Um, I also I shipped the two boys in it. Like they're in love. They don't realize it, but they're in love. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, I I agree with that. <laughs> Uh, what other Disney animated film would you want to cross over with Encanto and why? I'm turning red because. Oh, God, that'd be weird. That, huh. that could work, no, actually. I was going to say Atlantis. And to answer why is because <laughs> I hate myself and will put myself through uncomfortable positions. <laughs> <laughs> so even oh my though God. it's making my anxieties be like. Mm, this is for content. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I, my brain is going stupid. What's the one where they're, um, it's the Mexican family, and he ends up going to the underworld? Oh. Coco? Yeah, yeah Coco. I could see those two crossing. That? Yeah, I must repeating turning red, because like in Kanto, it hits on a subject matter that likes <laughs> my anxiety, so. I mean, that's also fair. I was gonna say Atlantis, just because like, I feel like they could that could be fun, like one lost city and then another one or whatever. Uh, I just realized I accidentally skipped one that said cactus or flowers, to which I say cactus with flowers on them. There are cactus ties that have flowers. What? My answer is mushrooms. (laughs) God damn it. Mushroom, mushroom, badger, 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 mushroom, mushroom. Goodness. Oh, God, you guys are probably too young for remember that. Uh, I was around for it, but I ended up missing it, like, at the time. Just because I was not particularly online, so there are a lot of memes that, like, I was technically old enough for, but just ended up missing. Um, That's the thing, it I wasn't mean, even a meme back then, it was just a stupid video on YouTube that well, everyone okay. was obsessed with. Well, okay, that. Um, I mean, don't t- I'm probably old enough, but also, I might have not had the internet at the time, or yeah. and or did not know YouTube was a thing. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, don't talk about Aurora. How well would Antonio and Remy work as a team, considering he can speak to... Honestly? Very okay, well. So, that probably work. Give me a moment to talk about some Gundam 00 lore. No! <laughs> so, basically, he, the, one of the main characters, Cessna, is a new type, but there's like a super version. Like all the Gundam users are new types. Yeah. But it like Cessna becomes so entwined of his like his Gundams to where he becomes a super new type. So I think that's what happens is that it, both of them are so in sync with each other that they just they like just mind meld super new types together. God, 
I don't even super know what that means, but sir. Uh, her next question. Y'all think hearing everything so, is a bad power or what? There's some shit I don't want to hear. Yeah. Cannot agree with that more. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I would be miserable. I would. I already have trouble with too much stuff going on, especially at school, that I can't concentrate. And I already feel like I need to turn around and tell everyone to shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Didn't mean to curse. Um, that, oh, no. But, Watch your fucking language on here. Yeah, how fucking right? dare you? How fucking dare I? But I cannot stand it. So if I heard everything, oh my god, I yeah. want to gouge no out thanks. my own eardrums. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Um, Deep Sea coming in with thoughts on the early Bruno design. I don't know why, but this thing just looks cursed to me. On to be honest, mm. like I haven't seen it. Hold on, let me go look. Like I can't really place early Bruno. I mean, Design. He, does, he doesn't really look too bad. Like, it's different from what we got, but at yeah. the same time, it's like... Whoops. He... What, the fat guy one? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, that that's too crazy. Like I, I like the scrawny, malnourished yeah. one. It makes more sense. Yeah, for the personality that we got, like, yeah. this design would need a different personality for it to work. That's true. Um, he kind of looks like he'd be like a kind of like zoned out, but at the same time a bit jolly. He yeah, definitely wouldn't have been able to get up them steps. He'd have like mm -hmm. he'd have like blue energy, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely blue. All right. Yeah. Uh, then also, the <laughs> then our last also, question is deep sea. We, uh, Do what? Go ahead. Oh. Last question. I was going to make a comment about um, the Maple Fools episode. Oh, <laughs> well, hang on a sec. Last question is Deep Sea saying, "Is this episode going to be three uh, three plus hours, or will it be edited down?" I don't fucking edit these things down. What would I cut out? What What would I cut out? Like silent. Well, I mean, yeah. The much? The most I do is like if um. If somebody gets up and we all just pause talking, I'll cut that out. But aside from that, the main thing that I do is I'll like just hit truncate silence. So that'll cut off a couple minutes. But like, no, this is this is gonna be our longest episode, y'all. And I'm honestly, I'm not sorry. But yeah, the little fun fact I was gonna say about um our Maple Fools episode. Do you remember the golden rule in Tristit? Uh, there were two golden rules, but yes. The first one. Okay, yes. If you're listening to it, it has the same rhythm as Bad Necessities. Like, it huh. has almost the exact same instrumental there. Huh. I'll have to go back and listen to that. I don't think I caught that the first time around. Or the other times. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Um... <laughs> So yeah. So Did anyone else catch the flying capybara picture that was on Mirabelle's wall? No, I don't think I caught that. Neither did I. It popped up in the pictures I pulled up to see the uh, <laughs> uh, alternate Bruno, and it shows Mirabelle standing there, like she got ready, and like when she's trying to figure out how to save the house. Yeah. And you zoom if you zoom in a little bit to the right and look at the pictures, it says Mirabelle 
Um, and it's a flying capybara. Huh. Weird. All right. So that's episode. Uh, go ahead and move into plugs, and then we'll announce what Kat's pick was, since it, it's her next. Um, you can find Kat on Twitter at Z-87, and then that's basically all she's got, because I'm not going to tell you guys to go bug her on Facebook. Um, and then there's me. Well, I mean, there's also Disney Minus Pod for Disney Minus as a whole. There's me at Marshmallow, which is spelled like Marshmallow, but it has my name in it. There's Resi Beats Pod for Resonant Beats that Kat and Veer and I are all on, playing interstitial, our hearts intertwined. And then also some other people on Monday nights also playing interstitial on a different storyline. Yeah, the first episode of that, at the time of this recording, will come out to... Well, every time of this recording, come out today. <laughs> there we go. Because oh it's shit! Yeah, because it's Sunday eight a.m. <laughs> yeah, you know maybe it's a good thing Cat wasn't here for this because we, we would have lost her like two hours ago. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, she's a morning person, not a night person. Yeah. Um, there's also Dad underscore Tastic, where I sometimes remember to post dad jokes, and then there's Cloth Wednesdays, where I do remember to post a picture of Cloth every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Because it's a beautiful. Um, you can find me definitely Nero. Who add Dragon Smoochie on Twitter, Dragon Snuggler on co-host, and you can definitely find and you can find me definitely Nero on other podcasts such as Prime Cuts, it's the Hydrant Free Radio. You got this. And Talk Circles. And you can find me at. Uh, Liliana's Romance Library, wherever you get your podcasts. Damn it. And that was it. also on um, Three Orcs and a Board on YouTube, where we are, if I can ever get them to actually let me record them, <laughs> we will have more content soon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. anyway, um, Kat is next. And now, oh, she told me, well, yesterday morning well, now. Before what? you say it, I believe Echo was going to say it first. Yes. He did call yeah. Dibs. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I was about Dibs. to say that. Now, um, Kat's pick is next, and she asked me to announce that her pick is going to be the Aristocats. Yeah. What year was that? One sec. Aristocats. Oh, my God. Like There it is. Well, 1970. Yeah. I love that movie, mm. so y- you guys are, you know, gonna. Mm. She's probably gonna go on a nostalgic trip. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's another top tier Disney dad, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. eh, there we go. Abraham DeLacy, Giuseppe Casey, uh, Thomas O'Malley. Thomas mm. O'Malley, O'Malley Very the good. alley cat. He's that's not the only. Uh, like my middle name is Marie, and the only place that I can find anything. Um, with any oh, of my names damn, on it, yeah. has Marie. So my grand, my great grandmother, um, would buy me, uh, Marie stuff from the Aristocats. So I have like <laughs> a little necklace charm that I still haven't put on a chain. Um, I keep it in the box because she's no longer with me anymore. Grandma um, signed. And still has the past uh, price tag and everything, but um, it's super cute. I I uh, have a purse that has Marie on it, so there we that go. just goes with the Aristocats. Grandma assigned favorite Disney character. 
Yes, Grandma did. But she knows I like cats, even though she was a dog person. So There we go. Um, the only thing she'd ever got me was a stuffed Murray. Um, but that's because we the one we found was a... Um, oh, what was his name? It was uh, Minnie Mouse's cat. It was also Figaro. Figaro, also yeah, the cat yeah, yeah. from um, Pinocchio. Yeah. Uh, if y'all want to... Ensure that this longest episode, <laughs> I can read all the rest of the plot summary on that bricky page I was reading before. No, we're good. We don't need to. Uh, we, we're like over an hour past the last one, I think. Hang on. What is... Let me just check, because I have it written down in ca- just in case. What is our longest episode? Longest? Well, we while you're looking it up. There we go. Our yep. longest episode was Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Clocking in it. Two hours, 38 minutes, and 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're the, over three hours and, what, two minutes? Mm-hmm. Or uh, three hours even, something like that? My... But don't you want to hear how Thistle, Missile, Lin, and Jowl old, old no. Young Elf <laughs> no, to board abs- a submarine belonging to Sif? No, absolutely hey, not. Camilla and corner your mail before he can kill them. Send me those links. I, 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 I gotta know. Send me the links. I'm, I'm fine not knowing for now. Uh, y'all have fun and fuck Disney. Alright. Fuck Disney. Yep. Your future.